and welcome to episode 377 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparas, coming to you from the Horny Dan Memorial Studio of the <laughs> Airwaves. No relation to our current guest today, patreon.com slash laser time at the $20 level if you want the studio named for you. Anyway, who's joining me? Chris Hornier Dan Antista. <laughs> and <laughs> let's see how this goes again. Is it a person, woman, man, camera, TV, Matthew, Allen? Listing them in ascending order of things he loves. And special guest. <laughs> least of all horny Dan's Dan Amrick. <laughs> the least horny Dan. I don't know world. about you, but I, I stroked off about three hours ago, so I'm fine. <laughs> sure. How sure. are you still awake? A little, little pre-podcast energy, yeah, you know, get that that's out That's right. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. <laughs> Herofalls.com, Dan Amrick? Oh, yes, Herofalls.com, Dan Amrick. The place to go for, to answer the musical question, what if comic books were songs? And that's my current project. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if they were comic books by, is it Liefeld or whatever? They just, they're songs without hands is what they would Yeah, be. They're, they're songs with, with uh, like, pectorals that are way too big and far too many fucking pouches. That's yes. L- L- Bob Liefeld's Hero Falls. He wasn't terrible at drawing hands. It was feet. He would always hide the ah. feet behind something. And then sure. everything else would be, like, wildly out of proportion. So you could tell, like, he just started drawing this and then he's like, oh, shit, I need to make this fit a scene. Uh, I guess I'll draw this guy on a tiny motorbike. Yeah. It reminds me when I would like when I was a child obsessed with Street Fighter Two, and I would. This was like a lot of Ryu art back then had like giant, massive muscle Ryu with tiny pinhead, and mm-hmm. so I, that those were all my Ryu drawings. And that's what he is now. <laughs> <laughs> that's. We've got it's it's a it's a fun ass week full of games that we're eager to talk about. We, we're going to talk about Ghost of Tsushima. We're going to talk about Paper Mario, the Origami King. I didn't say killer that time. Haha. Ha. Cannot believe I found my game of the year last week. I, I'm <laughs> You've ver- been I'm saying excited. that about every game you've played. No, I'm. I, well, yeah, I, I'm so impressed with one of the games that came out mm. recently. For real, I cannot wait nice. to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's it's gonna. Be- I am exhausted because of how it keeps me awake at night, wanting to play it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's gonna it's gonna be very exciting to talk about. I'm looking forward to it. I think we're all losing sleep over it. But mm-hmm. apropos of nothing. Of no current events whatsoever, mm. uh, this week we decided it might be fun to talk about games where you're up against a uh, corrupt authoritarian police state. <laughs> I thought I thought <laughs> this was inspired. Nothing. No, this is inspired by the bomb rush cyberfunk announcement. You oh know, yes, we, that too. We sure. basically yes, just yes. said it, oh, that's what it is. That's it, what it that's is. all it is. Not that's anything Michael. happening in a different state. Michael came up with the idea, and Matt, Dan, and I pulled up in an unmarked van mm-hmm. and put our hand over its mouth and just <laughs> pulled it inside just, and, like, let's just make this a thing. He didn't know it was us, though, because we didn't identify ourselves uh-huh. at all. You weren't wearing any right. badges. Yeah. Was, we, were, we were driving a Pontiac vibe. You normally wear yeah. your big <laughs> podcast host badges, and uh, right. <laughs> they were absent for some reason, so I but couldn't report you to games. the mayor of podcasting. Subversive games, which I feel I felt like sort of took a politically subversive games took a break hmm. um, for a while. Kind of, yeah. For a, a, what felt like ten years. They're, they're still and, around, just you know more. I mean, the, the sm- in the smaller sense, but like I think the stuff we're going to talk about, like this is major publishers. Like, who knew you felt this way? Hmm. How did you? How <laughs> did you put this game out after the one with the? The Maraca Monkey game. Like, <laughs> I don't know if there's a name for this, but I think art has kind of this this thing it does where it will um, 
it'll it'll catch on to real life trends very early and start to talk about those and put them in the art and then when life starts to actually happen that way art sort of takes a break from it because i think it hits a little too close to home for some people and then it circles back around like yeah we're covering this now because it's just so obvious we have i, to. I know it, it's just that for games because they take so long it's pretty hard to be topical Mm-hmm. Which you see it in some historical games because it's easier. Like that's the way it was back then, and but like it's yeah. More, well, I, w- it's I was more... saying that during my reacts to the UB uh, forward a few weeks ago. It's like, uh, folks, all of these Watchdogs Legion ideas are years in the making. This isn't like UB reacting to current events. Like mm-hmm. this is just like the worst kind of coincidence. It, it's so every time I play a Watchdogs game, I'm I know I'm playing something that's been in the, in the works for probably half a decade, and like it. Did you make this game yesterday from something Alex Jones said? Yes. Yes, you did. <laughs> Globalists oh, yes. are coming from my cell phone. Mm-hmm. We just we just hit the the make subversive game button on the big game making machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we got this game. It's I don't know. It's not, it's not really special. What would you do? Oh, press the make subversive button. Now, now it's working. Mm-hmm. Like, can we have about like forty five percent more mohawks with those gas masks? Okay, now it's subversive. <laughs> right. Right, but it's right next to the make submersive button, which which results in submarine games. You got to oh, be careful. Man. You don't want to hit that. Only free to play. Yeah, only free to play <laughs> Nintendo DS games. It's fucking, it's a travesty when that happens. <sighs> Everybody loves have- submarines. There need to be more. There might be. You wouldn't know. They're under the ocean, Michael. You wouldn't tell if there were more submarines. Yeah. All right. So we will start in with our top five. What did you call this, Dan? Games of Defiance. Games of Defiance. I like that a lot. Games of Defiance. It sounded good. Yeah. Yeah. Fight the power. Yeah. Right after this. Do you like Video Game Apocalypse in 302010? Well, the LaserTime Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two over at patreon.com slash lasertime. We've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 3020 and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts, Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Bidja Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. And I really wanted to talk about this, Combat Tribes, because in a weird yes. way, Combat Tribes sort of taught me how to read. I remember being very young in a summer camp, and we were at a bowling alley for a week. No one could really figure out what to call this game, and you know, without an internet or a caring adult, Combat Tribes, com- Coma Tribes, com- <laughs> Yeah, it was it was difficult. We all had different, and I've never, only until recording podcasts, have I heard anybody. A uh, combat tribes makes the most sense. What doesn't make sense is that this is a beat 'em up from Technos, the Double Dragon people, who yes. built us the beat 'em up. And this game has no jump. It has a dash yeah. knee move like Double Dragon. I just played this, obviously, but I I loved it. I love beat 'em ups, and this one is bloody and brutal. You can kick and punch people when they're down. You can slam clown's head into the pavement until blood splatters everywhere. I fucking love this game. And I, I will never forget like the ad campaign for it, which was like this comic book ad in EGM with like the main villain, Martha Splatterhead, who's like a hot blonde in a tight dress. It's like, oh, I'm, my gangs will take over the city. And like, not if the combat tribes, Berserker, Bulova, and Blitz can stop you. Yeah. And she's like, oh, come on, Blitz, you wouldn't hit a lady, would you? And then like the last frame is just this muscle man standing over a woman that he's just punched out, screaming, cyborgs ain't ladies. <laughs> 
So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 30 2010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Laser Time shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? Yeah! And we're back to talk about what? Fuck the man. Yes, that. Uh, that <laughs> thing you said. Games of Defiance? Games, Game, of defiance. games that fuck the man. Games, games of where defiance. you are fighting against a corrupt totalitarian police state beginning with... Number five! Really? Fantavision? Yeah, Fantavision. <laughs> I mean, that sounds very cute, Michael. Yeah. Is, am I onto something? You am I might right be track? onto something. They might be singing the theme song of this game in that, that clip. Is this Anarchute? This is Anarchute, or Anarchuto, as the title screen calls it, which is a very adorable riot game. It plays a bit like Not that Pikmin. kind of riot game. No, no, no. Not like the company riot. Just you, you are, you know, destroying buildings and beating up cops. Uh, to wit... Could you imagine if the riots in Oregon actually sounded like that? (laughs) Instead, we got literally a video of a guy holding up a boombox and getting hit in the head with a projectile for doing so. so. I'm sorry, for my. I know it's not all great in Portland, but in terms of cute. A line of moms in lining up to defend people and dads with leaf blowers. Mm. Leaf blowers. It, now, it, if, yeah. if you weren't being hit with pepper bullets, that is cute as hell. Yeah. Are the leaf blowers to blow away the gas from the yes. from the tear gas? Mm. Yeah. No, they're being filled with bleach. <laughs> one can <conspiracy. laughs> no. That's Americans. Yes. To kill the COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but Anarchute, getting back to the the game, is uh, it's an indie game came out i think a couple years ago on pc and steam recently came to switch it's about cute animals in uh red t-shirts whose world has been taken over by a bunch of muttering weirdos in gas masks like that is the gas mask is the symbol and the face of every person in this occupying army whatever you want to call it you begin in in Tokyo, you liberate Tokyo, you move on to Paris and a, a couple of other cities. But the the entire time, your goal is uh, gather as big of a mob as possible. And as you're marching, they'll they'll do things like start uh, holding signs, and uh, they will they will also pick up pretty much anything that isn't nailed down. So you can throw you throw these things at the riot cops. You try to bash your way through barriers. Eventually, if your mobs get big enough, they can just start tearing down buildings right and left. But uh, it has a Katamari vibe. Yeah, it's it's like justice. It's a bit of Katamari plus Pikmin. You you scratch underneath the very subversive coat of paint at the top, and you will find a clever little puzzle game where it is possible to get stuck because, like, oh shit, I threw all my explosive trucks at that one barrier, and I should have saved a couple for this other barrier. Now I'm stuck, and I have to restart the level. 
Classic protester blundle. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, it's true. If, instead of fighting these cops directly, I can funnel my rioters through this gate and step on a switch that activates their own laser cannons against them. Yay! Yay. I'm sorry. My eyes are bigger than my brain. I should have periscope. <laughs> Cannot wait for the Trump campaign or Fox News to use imagery for this game uh, mm-hmm. to, to yeah, describe how the riots actually work. If only uh, those supporters, of which we all are, uh, like <laughs> cute stuff. Instead, instead, it's like fucking airbrushed eagles and like <laughs> swole Jesuses, like things that are the opposite of cute, that are <laughs> alarming, creepy, and intimidating. <laughs> yeah, eagles shouldn't have muscles. Let's talk about this for yeah. a second. What if, what if this game was just a bunch of Punisher logos instead of cute animals? <laughs> Yeah, what if it was just an eagle with a big, giant, pulsing vein right above his eyes? (laughs) (laughs) So mad right now. Personally, I'm waiting for the South Carolina mob, a mod that lets me have the mobs with tiki torches, because those are cute, right? The guy who like had copywritten the word tiki torches it was taking like a 20-year victory lap (laughs) before Charlottesville. Goddamn. Jesus. Uh, let's not confuse our riders. You unlock a bunch of different cute animals over the course of Anarchute. You start out with, I think, like cats and foxes and, and things like that. And, and as you free more riders, you, you add new animal types. And uh, in Paris, for example, you can add frogs, pigeons, and mussels, as in the shellfish, to, to your uh, your armies. Oh, man. Oh, Very no ferrets? Everyone knows ferrets are the most subversive animals of all. I can't That's tell if this is, I can't tell if this is racist or representation. What, <laughs> what's happening? It, can it be both? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's a cute little game, a fun little indie gem. And if you want to just smash things and tear down buildings while listening to cute animals be cute, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I had no idea it existed until you brought it up, and then I went to look at it, and I immediately wish-listed it. I'm like, yeah. that looks adorable! Yeah. It is adorable. I can't wait to overthrow the government! <laughs> <laughs> and again, very Pikmin-y, which means like, okay, so you're controlling a crowd, so it can sometimes get a little disorienting to know, like, okay, exactly where is the center of my control? Like, what do I have to worry about in terms of what's getting hit? And, you know, as you wade into fights like... A lot of the time, it's it's not always clear how well you're doing. Like, you might just jam on the button and, like, leave all your uh, opponents, send all your opponents flying up at the camera and then realize, like, oh, I just, there's a bunch of dead cute animals on the street. I just yeah. lost a bunch of dudes. You lost 60 chinchillas. Oh, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I need to shut the game off and walk away now. <laughs> Anarchute, a lot of fun. Let's move along to number four. All that sci-fi shit we read as kids. Big Brother, Thought Control, Pre-Crime. It's all here now, isn't it? Thanks to Bloomin' SCTOS. Those authors saw it coming decades ago, but nobody listened. Everybody's too sold on pleasant corporate platitudes and flawless branding to realize the whole damn thing's a societal trojan. It doesn't help that CTOS actually does what they say it does either. We're opposing a system that helps people on the surface, but exploits them behind the scenes. Makes it easy to paint us as the bad guys. Oh, what could this be? 
This Worst. is the hint I gave earlier this week when I streamed this at Matty mm. CL, and I, I was saying, hey, this game's somehow related to our top five. This is Watch Dogs 2. Yeah, a Ubisoft game on my top five? Unthinkable. What? <laughs> and hey, if you watch Ubisoft Forward, you got this on PC for free. Yeah, yeah but, I, but I'm still stunned. And I know I'm part of this, but like Watch Dogs 1 didn't work for me. But me neither. Com- complete, to be completely honest, when did Watch Dogs 1 come out? 2014? Mm. 14 I want to say I but I'm a different person than I was the world has the world has changed me far more than I've changed the world uh and 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 I I don't I don't know I don't know that that message wasn't in Watch Dogs 1 but Watch Dogs 2 had this like friendly group of like I don't know like multicultural gang of like fucking little rascals mm-hmm. in a GTA yes. environment like who clearly felt the way I do right now, but are also will take a break to be funny in between trench yes. coding. Yep. They're way cooler. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing is, is and, I think this they were a direct response to how people responded to Watch Dogs One's lead, uh, which was that uh, wow, he's really vanilla and boring. He yeah. was he was not sympathetic. You didn't root for him. I didn't want to control hmm. him. Aiden Pierce was Aiden, just thank like, you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was he was just sort of like I'm angry over nothing. <laughs> and well, it, was, like, it wasn't nothing, but he's always died, angry right. all the time. But then, like, yeah, throughout the game, he just, like, he never grew as a character. He never got anywhere, and he just got, like, angrier and angrier, and that was it. And then when it was all over, he's like, yeah! So, yeah, <laughs> I, like I stopped. Of, the original God of War games. Yeah. yeah. I <laughs> lost what yeah. few friends I made. Yeah. <laughs> I killed the friends along the way. Um, I, I played a, a little bit of Watch Dogs 1 because I really liked the idea. And I remember yeah. being at E3 when they, they, they showed it behind closed doors. And that was like, that was the hot thing to get into. Did you get to see Watch Dogs? You're not going to believe Watch Dogs. Oh, my God. Watch Dogs looks so good. It's so great. And then, like, it came out. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and Watch Dogs 2, I jumped on that because it was the Bay Area, for one. Yes. Yep. Uh, first game took place in Chicago, so I'm like, well, I got to see how they they do, you know, how they do the Bay Area in, in fiction. So it went from San Francisco to Silicon Valley, which is about a 45-minute drive, and you do it in five minutes. The peninsula does not yes. exist. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny to be a local, but at the same time, I was like, you actually did hit a couple of cool landmarks, and you got yeah. some of them right, and... Yeah, I, I so paved right week, over the I, Laser Time Studio. Like the, yeah, yeah. I, I I was doing the tour of the city last night. It is funny. They even get where Ubisoft is wrong. They put it. Yes, they do. They, We're they like one street over from that. Yeah. They put yeah. it on Second Street instead of Third. Right. It's uh, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but then was, then I think the more striking thing is that you you like uh, Dolores Park is like a street away from SF MoMA. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like folding space in the city to just travel great yeah. distances. Yeah, but yeah. they, but you know, so I was doing the tour and like where they put Lombard Street was like on the east side of the city, and I'm like, or I'm sorry, the west side of the city, and I was like, no, this basically dumps out into the bay. It, it's it's weird, but it it's also, weird. like you guys said, it, it's cool that it has them. So then I was like, well, I'm gonna drive up, I'm gonna drive across the Golden Gate Bridge and see if they have what's now called the Robin Williams Tunnel, and it's in the wrong spot, but it's surely there with the little rainbows and stuff mm. like that. And so I'm like, hell yeah, dude. But all they have in Marin is Sausalito. Like, like all of Marin is just one city. Yeah. It's just Sausalito. Yeah. Just Sausalito's <laughs> waterfront. That's pretty much it. Yeah, my entire neighborhood is just the refineries from Chevron. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a couple of refineries, <laughs> yeah, and right. then suddenly you're in Oakland. And yes. I'm like, okay, close enough. 
But it, it honestly, it was that that little rascal's gang of merry hackers and pranksters and people that will fuck you up. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, that that did make that game really fun and worth watching, uh, worth playing. I actually I felt a little awkward playing it because thank you. Well, I mean, like, I, I, I bought into the, yeah, man, I'm a freedom fighter, and we're doing something good, and we got to take this down and everything. But at the same time, I was like, I don't, like, ethically and morally, I'm not a gun guy. I mean, I love mm. shooting games, oh, okay. but I don't actually own a gun. So the idea that there were these, like, crazy techno-radicals that were just 3D printing weapons. And I'm like, oh, God, that's like, the, oh, that's my actual nightmare. Oh, is I thought you were going down a different road. What I was going to say is this is the first case of a game that I can remember actually thinking, hello, fellow kids. Like, as I was playing it, I'm, I'm, I'm so much older than these protagonists. I feel like the biggest dork in the world. I mean, <laughs> like, you need to get, you sound like someone who needs to get more black blonde friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, that part didn't bother me. I knew that I was like, well, this is how kids talk today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> you know, and everybody had like either intense tattoos, or like you could never see some part of their face or, yes. you know, like something they were, they were all like very dramatic characters that I'm like, if I saw you, I would move to the other side of the Bart car, you know, or but, e- even when I was dressing like Marcus, like if I had put any conservative clothing on him, I was like, this is not how Marcus would dress. This yeah, is just this me. Isn't how Marcus would look. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't project myself onto Marcus. I had to respect Marcus for the character that he was yes. created as. But yeah, I really enjoyed that game. I played it all the way through and, uh, and I had a lot of fun all the way through. It was a lot of fun going down to like the Google campus. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the thinly veiled Google campus. Yeah. Noodle. Noodle. That yeah, was Noodle. one of the best yeah. missions, I think. And the gun stuff, like for me, I, I think I just stuck with the taser through most of the me game. Too. Because me too. like the guns, there was one mission where I used them where it's just like they feel sort of appropriate because now it's it's a revenge mission. But the rest mm. of the time it was just like, I don't want to kill anybody. Well, yeah, you you're making mayhem. Yeah. Right? Well, the, the, the one problem that this game has is that the enemy AI goes from zero to you're fucked in like two seconds flat. Like yeah. there's no, there's no, you're on this property, please leave. It's straight up like we're activated. We are shooting at you, mm-hmm. which yeah. might be realistic because I hate to say it because Marcus is a black character. They don't give him the benefit of the doubt. Like right. they would I'm sure Aiden. he's just a very, very fine person. Right? It's no. fucking like literally you're, you're trespassing and they're like, we are shooting you right away. And you're like, oh shit. I saw devs. You can't fuck with me. I know what happens out there. And yet the main villain of the game might be the one that has the most respect for, for Marcus. You're fighting a war no one gives a shit about. Well, it's just swimming upstream right into the grizzly's mouth. Why'd you prop up dead sex numbers? There's no one in Silicon Valley could throw a proper punch. Ah, and you're a great investment. You're so aggressive, so indignant. It frightened the rest of Silicon Valley right to my doorstep. You know, it's Silicon Valley, but sure, whatever. I was going to say Silicon yeah. Valley, I believe, is somewhere in uh, the San Fernando Valley. Right? That's right. Like, yeah. uh, that's right. That's, yeah, that's, that's the A1A the area code. Happens. That's, yeah, that's, yes, yeah, that's Silicon that's Valley. Yeah. 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 So Michael and I were talking, like, does this game actually count? And the reason I said it did is even though, like, you're not outright fighting cops all mm-hmm. the time, although, again, they are quick to yeah. shoot your ass if you were not, you're not supposed to be. <laughs> It's the fact that this is actually how this stuff is currently happening in the real world is that private corporations are kind of working with governments to basically invade your privacy while you allow them to do so. And that's really how they're 
controlling. Well, I, I fucking sound like Alex Jones like, when I say this, but it, that's that's no, how no, to control people. No, no, I think people. the same way the game streamlined the city, it streamlined the consequences of what yeah. you're doing. Well, well, also like the rest of the games on this list, like the the police state is kind of exemplified by masked stormtroopers, like something out of yeah. a cartoon. This is the only exception to that. Instead, it's something much more insidious, which is CTOS, which is this nonstop surveillance and data collection platform that is just beneficial enough to people that they accept it into their everyday lives. Mm-hmm. It's yes. it's a lot like what we've got now. And so it's like, but it's so much simpler to use voice controls. Is it really that big of a deal if it starts advertising me to me about things I was just talking to my mom about on the phone? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that it was, that, uh, it, was it was so weird. Like today, today, uh, I let my girlfriend borrow my car, and I don't know what tech I even. We're just talking about, dude. I have an iPhone and uh, uh, something with CarPlay in the car. Mm-hmm. I let her borrow the car. The car somehow knew it was gone, and so it gave me an alert: "Park car moved where? My home." Then why do you keep yelling to me about? The car and like uh, where and where it is because like because my f- for the first time ever my phone's not in it hmm. and my car is basically screaming where am I where's like, father it keeps thinking it's in my driveway because my phone is and like and I just kept the thought occurred in my head like I never asked you to do this this is by default hmm. I, I never asked you to to keep tabs on my car but now my phone is screaming at me where my car isn't. And it was, it was like, it was just one of those things, like one of those things you casually like just allow into your life, uh, in, until, uh, until it becomes a big problem. Hmm. Do not, does no one know the feature that I'm talking about? No, no, no. no. You can set it up on, uh, I think it might be the native iPhone Apple maps, but yeah, you can basically tell it like if, if anything happens where, yeah, this gets moved, notify me if I'm not around because it's out of the ordinary. You know, it, it can also like tell you, I, I turn all that stuff Never off, all the map that. tracking stuff where it's like, oh, um, like you would just get random notifications like, hey, you would need to leave now if you want to be at work by 9 a.m. or whatever, you know, just like randomly proactively giving you those things, which sounds convenient, but you're just like, don't tell me what to do, mom phone. And I never check my bill and then I paid off my phone and then I like, during COVID, I looked and like, uh, you get five gigs a month and you use 12 gigs. I'm like, I didn't leave my house. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. what, are you ta- what are you talking about? How did I use 12 gigs a month of, of AT&T? Did I call them out? I apologize. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. That's neither here nor there. But like, that, that's the, like, I admire watchdogs just cause like, uh, I'm a little older. So it feels like, uh, 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 I forget how many years we've existed in this kind of environment, but like, they can't say anything super topical, but they, Managed, they managed to present a, a simmering fear yeah. into a funny game. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, it's without, a really without funny being game. specific it's, 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 about. Any- well, another point about this is that uh, while I say it doesn't have any masked stormtroopers, the next game, Watch Dogs Legion, does. And while mm-hmm. we can't really include that in a top five because it's not out yet, so we haven't all had a chance to play it and and evaluate it. Uh, I did notice there is a line in Watch Dogs 2 that kind of sets up what's happening in London in Legion. This is scary as fuck. Imagine what happens if Bloom takes CTOS global. Countries without any regulations. Countries where the government will actively use it against their people. It would be catastrophic. A nightmare scenario. And it's probably already in progress. So how do we even begin to stop it? We keep hitting their corporate allies. 
expose the risks, the abuse. We're not fighting against Bloom itself. That's a losing battle. We've got to wreck its image and destroy its brand. Uh, turns out the rest is also a losing battle because they pretty much run London by the time Legion comes out. Is Legion going to be funny? <laughs> I think it's funny. What I've played is funny. Uh, it's, have, it's, I, I, it's less dependent on individual characters because you could be playing as anyone at any given time. So, mm. so I, I was, I saw an article, I think it might've been this week, might've been last, but it was basically talking about how the U S uh, we've been spending trillions on military spending. We're actually super ill prepared for the future of warfare because we don't oh. spend enough time and money in this cyber warfare stuff. Mm. And I like, mean, basically uh, that's. Uh, that's Certain what leaders have, have actively actively denied it's worth doing. No, no um, you know, Trump said cyber is so important, and then he put Baron in charge of it. I, I assume <laughs> he, he meant he space meant, force. He meant, Come on, guys, <laughs> space force. Yeah, space That's force. what we're working on. He meant cyber station. He just wanted more cosmic attack games and skee ball. <laughs> Deep cut. Thanks, Dan. I knew, dude. Right. Oh. But yeah, we love Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're not built to fight wars. The wars will deal with a lot less human casualties, but our brains are going to melt. In they the already next few years. They look around. They they we're already losing I wish that you war. could see how creepy Matt Matt looked when he said that to me over this this conference call. He's 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 asymmetrical. He's like, "Look around." Motherfucker! <laughs> like it, it, we would—that would have been an act break. Like the way you said that, oh, and the way I, your head. Well, what, was, what was I telling you guys? What was I telling you guys earlier today? I used to kind of make fun of like the hippie dudes when I was growing up. They were like, "Open your eyes, man!" And now I'm one of those guys to people. Yep. I'm just like, "Oh fuck!" Well, I, I think that that's what Watch Dogs is trying to say. This there is a a good. That can happen because of that. Did you you all notice there was that conspiracy theory when the thing showed up on your iPhone update that like there's a COVID nineteen switch in your phone, and like that's that is the best form of contact tracing the world has ever known. Sure, yeah, but yeah. you didn't ask for it to be there. Yeah, yeah. Right. And when everything in the world defaults to being on, which is part of the story I just told you, like you're giving your your lives and security over to people who don't really care about you and will sell you out in an instant. Uh, whatever. Sorry, I, I don't know if I was making a grander point. There no, you're, we're just you're, all you're right. And that's why, like, it's like when the conspiracy theorists are like, nah, Bill Gates is just out trying to microchip you. And it's like, maybe, maybe he is, but at least I know with a lot of these guys, their, their ulterior motive is always profit. Like that, that's all you have to do to get one step ahead of them and just say, well, how are they going to make money off of this thing? That, that's what they're trying to do. It's not about control. It's, it's always Bill about Gates money. Bill Gates never chipped me because I never had malaria. <laughs> right. Okay. So it just didn't happen for me. Watchdogs too, everyone. Yeah, Watchdogs too. I love it. But uh, love if you it. want, if you want goofy characters who are always smirking at the camera, then the game you want is number three. Listen up, all you innocent fools out there! Officer Onishima has got some special order Kisatsu bracelets all ready for you. So get yourselves to the bathroom and brush those teeth, boys and girls, because a whole load of trouble is headed your way. <laughs> How do you not close it out with on J -J 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 Jet Grind Radio? He never calls it Jet Grind Radio. It's only extra sugar, extra salt. <laughs> I, I, I would love to talk to Dan about covering a game like this um, if you were around for that. Just because, like, 
I was, but I didn't do any of the coverage. Um, I was the extreme sports guy, but I was into like serious <laughs> skateboarding shit. So, so you were you were, into, you were the three x three extreme guy. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, unfortunately, um, well, I, I just I was, I was saying, I, skate I, and destroy guy. On, on, um, uh, on our Patreon show, um, where we talk about 30 2010 games, we talk about the 20th anniversary of Jack Ryan Radio, and just when I played it, I was, I think it was 1920, and, and I just, like, this is you the played most it in subversive thing. I, huh? <laughs> just, never mind, never mind. Go on. Yeah, hold on. You don't have to edit this document. I'm just talking, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was 19 or 20, or 20. It was um, Prohibition. And, I was playing Jet Set Radio. And it, well, no, no, but it, like I thought this was the most. I thought like it, did Sega look into the future, and this is what the world. I've never heard this style of music before. I've never like I rollerbladed because obviously I'm gay. No, and it, sorry, that's a bad variation of Bill Burr joke. Uh, but <laughs> uh, but like uh, the world was falling apart wherever that game was set. And the music was all really different, and the police were comical characters that you fought against. And I thought, it, I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever fucking seen. And I don't know, like I fucking love this game, especially for all of that. It's still one of the coolest games I've ever seen. <laughs> like, games just weren't subversive like that back in 1920. Um, so. It was one of the. It was the first game I ever saw with a disclaimer. Yeah, ever. Yeah, ever in my life. Uh, like, oh, I guess I'm playing, like, you know, you're playing something T-rated. There's no blood in this. It's just uh, subversive. Bad ideas. It's going to give you bad ideas. Yes. You're going to think that graffiti is cool, and we yes. can't have that. Was the disclaimer, this game was made by a multicultural team of various religions who came together and all appreciated rollerblading, but also included skateboarders? Like, what was... No, no that's, it, it was just like don't don't uh, spray paint I, stuff. That's I was crime. riffing on the Assassin's Creed. Yes, yeah, it, it was oh, more that that Jet Grind Radio, like in terms of like a being cell shaded, b like its musical choices, which were bands and genres I've never fucking heard of, mm -hmm. and the idea that like you were uh, expressly going up against the police, which you've done in a couple of other games, like the police force has been tainted by Mike Hagar's. Uh, whatever you yeah. see what I'm saying, yeah. But like uh, Eddie E is on the case. Like the, 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 it was a game that met me where I was, like as a you know kind of an angry teen, mm -hmm. and and I, I just it blew my mind. It still continues to blow my mind because as a mainstream, as a for, remember like for a lot of people, this is a thing that like sold the Dreamcast. It was the yeah. Sonic launch game, yep. a bunch of experimental weirdness and then like this this is the must have and it's fucking crazy it's crazy and it was ten dollars in months yes like that that actually hurt going into a store the first time and seeing like ten you just marked this down to ten dollars this beautiful brilliant game and then they tried to use it to sell the xbox and it was ten dollars there within a matter of months as yeah. well it was a pack-in yeah for a while was it, was it actually ahead of its time twice Kind of. Like, is that possible? Hmm. It, it's Because we were talking about that in the chat, because Jet Set Radio Future is the more refined, better game. Because mm -hmm. yes. Jet Set Radio what, Future is what you think Jet Set Radio played like in your head, in your memory. Yes, because yes, like, there is a whole aspect. Jet Set Radio was a brilliant move at the time, but it's very Nintendo and less Sega. We have an analog stick. How do we reinforce that? Graffiti. We we fucking make people do 
realistic graffiti motions. The it's a pain in the ass and it sucks mm-hmm. and it it deludes the game. But like in terms of uh, everything else, like its motif, it's wonderful. And it's uh, like kind of weird given where we were in 1999. I, I love love the moments when you you do enough graffiti that the cops show up. HQ to all stations, HQ to all stations. Juvenile speakers have been spotted fleeing in the vicinity. We have bus coming up. More officers respond. Yeah, they just like do this comical run where they're just like jumping in place, and then there's uh, they, they Keystone cop it out there, and but like nothing yeah. else had made beating up cops fun. But you don't you don't really beat them up. You just skate away from them, and then they will try to grab you and drag you down, and you just have to like flail your arms and shake them off. Yeah, it's they're very annoying. True, but you can, but, you can but combo then over there. There's asses. Detective Onishima, who's like the dirty, hairy looking guy. If he was like a, a tremendous slob, he's he's just like this stubbly oh, he's, he's guy the, with huge hair. And he's the Batman the Animated Series guy. Who's that guy? Bullock? Bullock. Yeah, yeah Bullock. he looks kind of like Bullock. Harvey Bullock. And he, he shoots at you with a, a giant pistol, and uh, and if he misses or you get away, he just goes like, damn! And <laughs> But if you can I mean, get behind him and knock him down, you can spray paint his back. Yes. So Yeah. Yeah, the, the cops are just more annoying. Eventually, they will have... They can shoot you with, like I think, like gas canisters or yeah. something that gets really yeah, annoying. Yeah, and, and Onishima's gun, and they bring out dogs... And you don't yeah. get worse, but I'm, I'm saying like it was it was the first game I'd ever seen where like uh, I'm I'm committing petty acts of civil disobedience and the cops are behaving like they're supposed to and they are the enemy in this Sega game. Yes, <laughs> this Sega game, and I'm like, what is happening in Japan? And I and I look over, I peer th- across the ocean, and it's just crickets and bliss mm-hmm. like w- yeah. where did this vision come from yes. well they're well, they're one enemy but they're hardly the date they're the they're like yeah. the idiot enemies well, the, the dangerous the, enemies are the other gangs the, you know? well it's, and here's where the corrupt element comes in number one that they use way too much force for a bunch of skate punks doing graffiti number two the city government of tokyo to is in bed with the rokaku group Ever since the Metropolitan Government and the financial conglomerate, the Ruptica Group, combined their efforts to co-found the 21st century project, the streets of Tokyo-to have never been the same again. Police crackdowns on the Rudies have become more severe, and Captain Onishima is more anxious than ever to put them behind bars. The streets of Tokyo-to are ready to explode. Explode. And as you find out, spoilers, the head of the Rokaku Group... Is looking for a record to let him make a deal with the demon and take over everything. So I'm just um, imagining that voice actor like, um, "Look, I'm the only black guy in Japan. Can you please take the the turntables down a little bit while I read this?" And, <laughs> and then someone in the Japanese recording booth said, "Like, you have one take. Just keep going." Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> this is true. Japanese developers' track record of portraying black characters not so strong back then. It's. Uh, but this game, this game, like it, I think, it, there's still something wonderful about it. The, the second game incorporates more, realizing that it should be more like a Tony Hawk game, and doesn't yeah. need to lean into the graffiti as much. But like it keeps the subversiveness. And we were just talking about that because like that game has never been re-released ever. Jet Set Radio Future. Nope. It is locked on the Xbox yep. original, which I guess we'll be able to play on the Series X. Eventually, yeah. The first game's on Steam. I have that. It's uh, everywhere. That I own it on Vita. It, it I, came like, out on I, iOS first. Yeah. I, that's what I remember. Like, Did oh, it really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I remember Lord. trying to play it on my iPad, and, like, this really sucks. But, but when hey, the controls are, are that shit, it doesn't matter if you're playing on an iPhone or iPad, I guess. It's just like, yeah, it's going to control poorly wherever you play it. <laughs> and th- there are some problems. With, there are major problems with the port. I don't know if they fixed them, but, like, um, Jet Set Radio Future is a fucking phenomenal game mm. and deserves to be seen again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love, uh, I follow Hideki Naganuma, uh, the main composer for Jet Set Radio's music on Twitter, and in between uh, making inexplicable shit posts about Family Guy, uh, he's always <laughs> saying, please stop asking me about Jet Set Radio 3 when Jet Set Radio Future is going to be remastered. I don't have anything to do with it. I don't have any control over it. Ask Sega. It's like me asking you about Giggity Son. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Giggity Coon, Chris. Mm-hmm. Come on, get Giggity it right. Coon, my bad. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's jump ahead to... Number two. Loyal Hillians, the impending battle will be a difficult one, but thanks to the Alpha Section. Uh, if, you, if you're familiar with this game, Loyal Hillians should be burned into your brain to the point where I don't need to identify it as Beyond Good and Evil. Ah, yes. Oh. Ah, yes. Yes. Second Ubisoft game on this is full disclosure. Dan and I both work for Ubisoft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I started playing Beyond Good and Evil like a year and a half ago, and then just stopped. Oh, it's not uh, that like good. a game, really. Uh, it it showed up, you know. I I got a copy through work, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Cool, I want to see what all the fuss is about." And then like, "Oh wow, this really doesn't scale up to modern hardware very well. This no. is, ooh, this is rough." That's, this that's is weird. Rough. I, yeah, the I had, uh, the, I had the, the HD version I, that came out for 360 is is pretty good. I uh, yeah, I had the that. opposite impression when they upscaled it for three. It, it, beyond anything else, it has the best password input system yes. I've ever seen in my whole life. Yes, it is it, a curse that has never come back. Where you just you're you're just using the analog stick to navigate a radial menu of letters and numbers. It's it like, works so. It's the so fastest well. text input I've ever done with a controller. But but. Around the time I finished Beyond Good and Evil, which I think was in 2000... Did it come out in 2002? 2003, yes. 2003? Yeah. Uh, I finished it, it a few out in, years later. in the uh, incredibly crowded holiday season of 2003. Yeah, the one where Ubisoft released Prince of Persia Sands of Time the same day. God and damn it, and I think uh, Splinter Cell for PS2 and 13 and a couple of others. I know, they were like, Xbox, Xbox Series X launch date leaked and like and like and he and i clicked on it and here it is and like november 12th i'm like you fucking assholes that's that's goddamn every video game's birthday <laughs> like, like, i could have said that once ago like, uh, but you're, and you're probably right but that, that's that's the game that um yeah the beyond good and evil got sort of lost because it was the new ip launching up against all this other stuff and at the time that was the most political game i have ever triple-A game. No, political game, period, I had ever played in my life. And that includes everything involving espionage and, and yeah, I mean, <laughs> tactically yeah. stealing from other countries. When it came out, shortly post-9-11, there was very much an atmosphere of paranoia and, like, that certain factions in certain governments wanted, like, okay, we need authoritarian crackdowns now, and it's it should be illegal to, to speak out against any of this. It's treason, and uh, yeah, and, and it, like along comes this game about like you are combating something like that, and what's more, you're doing it via journalism. 
You yes. are a reporter and a photojournalist. You, your, your primary weapon is not violence, but the pen and the camera, although you will fuck shit up from time to time. Hey, <laughs> hey, you all right? <laughs> you, the the uh, some of the guards later on, you can disable their their uh, jetpacks, whatever. And if you kick them in them while they're stumbling around, they'll just sort of go ah and just rocket into space very briefly before exploding. Yes, <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah, this so. this is one of those games that like I, I feel like it had to make the list because it was such a unique angle to its speaking truth to power in terms of like this is one way you fight uh fascism and authoritarianism is is a free press mm-hmm. which in this game she's not it's not free press right no, like it's kind it's, of underground, it's underground or whatever and that, yeah, she she's gets, basically fighting propaganda a lot of the game is saying no this is what's actually and, happening and she's someone who is uh she starts out she doesn't really know or care that much about this stuff she is living hand to mouth trying to take care of a lighthouse full of orphans and keep the power on, which which is a problem. So she she goes out and tries to make money by taking photos. And little by little, she learns that not everything is as it seems. Adam's bomb has exploded in the canal. Obviously, the alpha sections have sealed off the sector. They've embarked everyone there. To take care of them, right? No hospital has received any victims, Jade. The governor of Hillis contacted us as soon as she heard the news. She's willing to help us, but her HQ is under surveillance. You could help us to save these people, Jade. So Hillis is this planet where the the game takes place. Uh, the Doms are these alien invaders who show up inexplicably and just kidnap people. And the Alpha sections are the masked and armored stormtroopers who show up to ostensibly fight them off. But as the game progresses, you learn that there might be more to this story than this this surface-level fighting. There might be much, much more to it, and I don't want to get too spoilery. But, no, uh, for a 17-year-old game, please mm. don't. <laughs> well, it's like so much of this hinges on the discoveries of, that you make as you go through it. It's great. Uh, and, I, you know, I'm still like half an hour into the game, well, so... Yeah, it's true. Yeah. doesn't know. Right. I, I think it's it's a really solid platformer, and then you yeah. you you suddenly realize like, uh, oh, I'm the archivist for all the things that are going away. What do you mean? <laughs> all the flora and fauna. You're like you're basically taking pictures of. Oh yeah. It, it comes in the form of like being a collectible, but you're a photojournalist taking pictures of all the things. Whatever's about to happen is going to ruin. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's it's really just like oh we need a consistent catalog of all the the life on this planet so any any yes. new species you meet and there's like a bunch of hidden species it's just like oh if you don't like find this secret room you won't be able to photograph this gigantic fungus or if you don't look up at this specific place you'll miss this like giant nautilus like creature that's very shy things like that and it, I would I would not be I would not be worth sitting here if I didn't plug uh, the highly underrated video Gaming's Greatest Farty Butts hmm. wh- where it contains the silliest fart joke I've ever heard in my whole life where you fart through your boots to, to jump Oh higher. yeah. <laughs> well that he uh, pay, your, your, your pig human uncle Paige who will mm-hmm. uh, be, return in Beyond Good and Evil 2 has invented jet boots. I, I got the clip. Alright yeah go for it. The outcome of a life's work. My little marvels, the jet boots. They run on homemade biocarburant. Here's the pocket of pressurized methane. 
And here, in the souls, are the two turbo-reactors. All you have to do to fire them up is contract your abdominal muscles. <laughs> it's, 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 you it's, added the fart. I added yes. the fart noise. <laughs> But the rest of it is like it's a close up on his ass and like makes it look like like sweet Iron Man pants. But he's just talking about farting. <laughs> it is still a French game at the end of the day. You know, it's very yeah. French. Yeah, the jet boots. I love. I love this game. Yeah. Love it. And that that actor, I believe David Gassman, has also appeared <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is his real name. But uh, he he's appeared in Detroit Become Human and Heavy Rain in ah. a couple of different roles using his own face. Like you'd recognize him, like oh right, that guy, the guy who's like the dance club owner and like the the cop in Detroit who comes into your house to inspect it while this person's sheltering you. There there are, there are a few characters I would like. I would go through three years of training to play I don't know, Uncle Page. I would really like to be him forever. <laughs> That would make me very happy. I want to be a fat pig who makes things out of farts. <laughs> Aren't like, you already? I know. I, it, it's not a stretch is what I'm saying. I've been preparing for 40 years. Fair enough. Um, well, let's move ahead to our final. Welcome to City 17. You have chosen or been chosen to relocate to one of our finest remaining urban centers. I thought so much of City 17 that I elected to establish stuff, my administration <laughs> here in the Citadel so right, thoughtfully provided by our benefactors. Were you the I only ones on that train? City 17, my home. And so, Overwatch you stopped our train to in the woods and took my husband for questioning. They said he'd be on the next train. Welcome. I'm not sure 17. when that was. Did their, their being nice, though, letting me wait for him. What game is this? The Half-Life Two, yeah, Half-Life Two. Overwatch, I think. Yeah, <laughs> Overwatch. <laughs> they said Overwatch. I was like, wait, what? Said, yeah. uh, this is the the very iconic opening to Half-Life Two, where yes. you step out on a train and the giant televised face of Doctor Breen welcomes you to City Seventeen. This is, I think, has burned into a lot of gamers' minds. That just the the first glimpse of this downtrodden post-apocalypse, like. Uh, communist dystopian hell city that is patrolled by the Combine, some of the, the biggest jerks in all of gaming. So fit to suppress with all its associated for the future of the species. I That one encounter with the Combine Guard who throws a can on the ground and makes you throw it in the trash is like, it does so much in a small space of time. It establishes the atmosphere. It establishes mm -hmm. what you're dealing with, which is like a bunch of fascist bullies in masks. Yeah. And it also lets you play around with the physics system. I was going to say bit. it's a like, tutorial as well. Yeah, that's not something system. you could really do in a lot of games. It's like, okay, I'm going to pick up a can off the ground and now I can throw it either... At the guard, which is what you heard, and, and he'll come and smack you with a baton a couple of times, or you can throw it into the trash and you can actually, like, you know, th toss it like a basketball, like aim it and, and hope it hits. And uh, which, as we know now, in all likelihood, 
the goal of the guard was to smack you with a baton. Probably. Like, right. Yes. He wanted yes. you to fail. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just so the fact yeah. that he laughs, yeah. you know, is the giveaway. I, I think so, you know, the Half-Life series is is known as one of the first cinematic FPS series games. Like they they were they were one of the first FPSs to be like, we're we're gonna add some story moments to this versus just like Doom, which is point gun, shoot a demon okay you're good you know yeah. mm-hmm. uh and what's odd though is like they they showed the first game at least from my memory is very much just about this incident at black mesa and getting stuff contained versus the second game like they immediately drop you into this this world where, where you're like okay what's going on Who who's in charge how are they in charge like how is this related to the events of the first game at all and it's it's very disorienting and off-putting but i think that's that's absolutely what they how they intended it to be. You know? Yeah, which I believe a GRUK editor pointed out one year during Gamescom, like this is just Cologne, Germany. <laughs> sure, <laughs> which, th- th- that's what this looks like. All of it. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I ju- I just finished playing Black Mesa yesterday, uh-huh. and Ooh. I started playing Black Mesa because I had played through Half Life Alex in VR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and going into City Seventeen, uh, Alex is a prequel. Uh, well, it, I guess, yeah, it's a prequel to uh, Half-Life 2. Mm-hmm. So it takes place before Freeman gets there and before any of that stuff. So it's what was going on in that environment beforehand. And it's absolutely terrifying. Uh, and it's just it's just as visceral. Like, the yeah. detail is insane. Uh, that, that sort of dystopian thing, that very, very used universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I was, I mean... I was screaming, you know, a couple of times and yelping and this stuff's coming out at me. But I had forgotten how oppressive City 17 was. And you, most of Alex is spent traveling. You have various different goals, but you go from point A to point B. You see the map that you're going through the whole time. So you go through a lot of different areas of City 17. And it all looks beautifully hellacious it's 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 just so oppressive and it it was so affecting to me that when i finished alex i was like and by the way those of you who don't have vr i know that it like it's a it's a thing like a lot of people can't afford the rig for vr the ending to alex has major ramifications to the story that you know and the stories that we may one day get i don't know what it's going to be but it was it was major and i was like I, I gotta go back. I gotta go back. I gotta go play Half-Life 1. And then, like, Black Mesa had just come out. And I was like, mm. okay, then I'll play the Black Mesa version. Which, it turns out, is very different in a lot of ways. Uh, like Dan, boss, Dan is also wearing an Oculus shirt. For I am wearing an enjoyment. Oculus shirt. It's just, I am it's kind random. Of a, I, like, VR is, like... I stopped playing Xbox because I started playing VR, basically. I, I, I'm totally with you. Like, I was there for a little bit as well. And I love your... Uh, VR is my main form of fitness, and I yeah, love your yeah. I'm, daily I'm streaming VR. for whatever it's worth. I'm streaming every morning at Dan Amrick on Twitch. Um, I cannot believe how you can do an hour in some of those games. Oh like, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was actually adding uh, arms, uh, like uh, hand weights uh, and, and weighted gloves to do Beat Saber. If you really want to be hurt, play Beat Saber <laughs> with weighted gloves. That's not the point. The point is. That Half-Life, like, uh, my, after finishing Alex, I was like, I'm going back, I'm going to play Half-Life 1, mm. and then I'm going to go back and I'm going to replay Half-Life 2, because I want to see all of that again. And you were right, Matt. Like, I... Uh, okay, this is where I get to put on my old game journalist hat. I was there when <laughs> Half-Life 1 uh, came out. I was mm. I was the PC editor for GamePro at the time, 
and it was like, oh my god, you're not going to believe what you're going to see. Because you were right. It was absolutely, we loved Doom, we loved corridor shooters. Duke Nukem, you know, you would go down mm. the street, and you would shoot anything that was in the street. And then you would go to a different street, and you would shoot everything in that street, yeah. and you were the hero. And that was great. But Half-Life introduced the idea that you would be able to interact with other people. Even the very basic stuff that Half-Life did, people forget that it was like, you could go to a security guard, and you would press a button, the action button. That's all it was. And yeah. he would either go, all right, I'm coming with you. And then you would hit it again. I'll hold down this fort. Yeah. And he would say something different every time, but he could, you could either make the AI follow you or stay put so that they didn't get in the way. And that combined with like really clever first-person puzzles in a shooting environment, uh, all of that stuff was absolutely groundbreaking. And you felt like you were in a 30-hour movie where you were like, you know, destiny is thrust upon you. Mm -hmm. And Half-Life 2 did that, like, it just took that whole, all right, now you're in a 30-hour movie behind a mythical Iron Curtain. Yeah. Like, you were somewhere yeah. in some vague, they never really told you, are you in, mm -hmm. like, Eastern Europe? You're at least in Eastern Europe if you're Feel not all the like way it. in Russia. It's not clear. It makes it very clear where you are, actually, in... Uh, in Half-Life Alex, they they kind of come out and go, yeah, it's Russia. Remind me, um, did they ever explain how they get from the events of 1, which is the outbreak at Black Mesa, to the the, the dystopia that, in 2? Not that I am aware, no. Just wow. that if you, at the end of Half-Life 1, if you have a choice to make as Gordon Freeman, do you go with the G-Man and take his offer to, to take a job, or do you just not take him up on it, at which point he portals you back to Zen and you die instantly. Mm -hmm. uh, so... It ends with awaiting assignment, like that you are mm. now Gordon Freeman, agent of evil, and you have to serve your new masters because you know too much. So it is just sort of suggested at some point they probably mind wiped you or, or drugged you or something and implemented you in the City 17 for reasons nobody really understands. So, yeah, it's not clear. But that police state in 2 is not really there in 1. 1 is yeah. you're a freedom fighter trying to get out. And, like, they flip so many things of the script in two. And it's always against this, like, obvious, like, from the beginning. You are in line in cages in, like, yeah. you know, uh, welcome to City 17. There's fencing everywhere. Mm. It's yeah. super oppressive. You've got these terrifying guys with glowing eyes and masks. And that, I'm sorry, it's one of my favorite villain voices in all of video gaming. Right. Is the Combine. Because well, it sounds very... <laughs> It's yeah. very stormtrooper. I can see why you'd love it because it's yeah, very, but, well, yeah. but like instantly, uh, it's it's sterile and dehumanizing. Yeah. Yes, because right. it's, it's it's a pretty city with like lined up with makeshift cages. Like, oh. this probably used to rule here. Mm. And, right? Yeah, it and, used to be beautiful. Like Prague was lovely at one point, yeah. but now it's and, yeah. and now just look, everybody has lost all hope. This is how it always starts. Yeah. First the building, then the whole block. They have no reason to come to our place. Don't worry, they'll find one. Oh, yes, they will. Yeah. Uh, but one thing, as long as we're talking about the Combine, uh, they have what might be both the creepiest and most satisfying feedback reaction to being shot and killed in any game ever. It's, it's that flatline beep. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. It sounds like someone picked up the phone when I was trying to connect to AOL and my modem had to try to reconnect. <laughs> so Maddie, are you, on the, are you on the AOLs again, Maddie? <laughs> 
so Are much you for your pictures of Tila Tequila. You don't get to jerk off tonight. <laughs> Tila Tequila. I was downloading a 256 color gif of her butt. This was before Tila Tequila. Who was the woman that, that used to be like, I'm the most downloaded woman on the internet before Tila Tequila? Samantha Fox? Might have Farrah been. Might have been. It was. It was no, no. Too old. Man. <laughs> <laughs> the most downloaded woman from Spencer's gifts. Um, but and I, I think I think I think Terry Hatcher took it after. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Terry Lois Hatcher Clark. was mm-hmm. was one of those. Yeah, that dubious honor. Was it Pam Anderson? I mean, crying out it, loud. It was. It was Terry Hatcher. I think for one picture where she's naked, wrapped in the Superman. Cape. The, the one like, I'm remembering specifically was not a celebrity, other than for this fact. Yeah. And I'm like, well, how, you're right. How, uh, how, well, Thirty Ten covered that. If I Google most downloaded woman, it comes up with Danny Ash, the Guinness record Danny holder for Ash. Internet's most downloaded woman. If you were a teenage boy in the '90s, you knew that Danny Ash was erotica's it girl. That must must be her, I guess. I just remember her I being like I'm mean, Howard Stern. I did know that. I was going to say Danny Ash. I was like, it's Danny somebody. And, and, and then I was just like, well, I don't want to tell people that I've been looking at pictures of Danny I, Ash. Yeah, well, Cindy Margolis just, I, is the other one that comes up. Cindy Margolis is the one I'm thinking of. Although if it was Danny Ash, it's like, you know, on Stern, it would have been like, dude, well, you are one hot piece I, of I, ash. You are. Look yeah, at you. Yeah. Look at you. Whoa, look whoa, at you whoa, sitting yes. there. Just sitting whoa, there. Wow. And, da- and downloading is confusing because <laughs> you're not, in, you can't decide on what oh, page loads. Such as when, Dan- <laughs> when such as when Daniel Treesh, uh, uh fucking deep fakes me into a Shakira video <laughs> this week, which I've had like four seconds to look at Facebook and I've seen that all three times. Like this is why do I look like Scott Stapp? It's it's also an and, old picture of you. Yeah, so your face you look more like Seth Rollins a little bit. I, I, my my girlfriend said something similar, and it's like I, they had to make me prettier and skinnier to fit on Shakira. Other, <laughs> otherwise, it looks ridiculous. I thought you meant like as a backup dancer or something. <laughs> no, no, I'm no, Shakira. No, he's Shakira. Oh wow! My 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 oh, hips no, can is, pass any polygraph. Those hips don't this lie, is fantastic. Michael. The hips do not lie. Yeah. Hips the hips pass great on the cognitive test. <laughs> they remembered person, they woman, man, camera, television. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> right. Half Life. Half Life is do- Half Life is my uh, big reintroduction to PC games, and I did it when I couldn't play Counter Strike. Uh, I-, I think it's a lot of people. I-, I remember buying buying a new gaming PC for this game, and and it was also the introduction of Steam for a lot of people because I was at Vivendi when Valve took their ball and went the fuck home and said, oh, we are no. going to start this steam thing. Sure. You guys can have physical, physical distribution. That's not where most of the money is going to be made on this thing. And boy, were they right? It's yeah. so strange. Like I remember being mad about steam for two years <laughs> <laughs> for like half a year. It sounds familiar. I think I probably mm-hmm. was as well. I mean, if you were a Counter Strike player, it was it was difficult, hmm. and and you had to find ways to to fight Steam, and then it it adopted all of those. I kind yeah. of would like to see a remaster of Half Life Two, not because I think it graphically needs one necessarily, but because the like the the thing that killed it for me the first time I played it, and also was kind of a drag when I went back and replayed it is. That it will just hit you with like a loading screen in the middle of like things are getting really cool. The the soundtrack's getting pumped up. Yeah, I'm killing a bunch of dudes and like, oh, I'm stopped dead in my tracks looking at a loading thing filling up. And it still does that. It did it on the Xbox 360, yep. which I thought like, oh, they'll they'll have a way around it here. Nope. So yeah, I would I would like to see that go away. Sure. 
if nothing but to hear the crunch of a crowbar connecting with an enemy again that i can i can just hear that right now in my mm-hmm. head it's so distinct that sound yeah i do remember that half-life 2 and doom 3 mm-hmm. came doom out 3, around yeah. the same time and i had built a pc yes at the time uh cuz i was like all right i'm i'm going to be ready i'm going to be ready for doom 3 and so i built everything on that yep me too and i guess i had an amd card at the time um, and then a friend totally ruined Doom 3 for me, uh, because he said, yeah, it's basically just monster closets. Like, it's not really scary. It's just that, you know, you run around and all of a sudden something jumps out at you. They're like, Half-Life 2 is way better. And then I could not play Doom 3 anymore because I was like, God damn it, monster closets. Yeah. And then I played Half-Life <laughs> 2 instead. And it wound up being like this life-changing thing where I was like, I'm just going to tell people this is why I built the PC. You know, and the whole time, like, oh, I should have gotten an NVIDIA card. That's the way it's meant to be played. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> well, I think that that's that might be one of my forgotten shames is actually like I got a card like for Doom three, and then like Half Life two comes out a little while later, and it's just like, oh, this runs kind of crappy. I might need a better card. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> this, I, that's exactly throw where out I this was. One I just bought and get a new, better one. Yeah, but yeah, I, I remember that about Half Life two is dev- like. It, whereas Doom 3 did not take me somewhere – like, Doom 3 took me somewhere new, but, mm-hmm. like, the experience was total in Half-Life 2. And I remember it had just a huge, much bigger impact on me. Um, yeah, and it's and a weird game. Just, it becomes a horror game in the middle and then goes back to the police state thing after that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it goes some weird places, but it's still good. Mm-hmm. And eventually the, the stormtroopers are – uh, aided and abetted by big mechanical walker things, and it becomes a much weirder police state game. But you always get that feeling of police state. It never turns into like, oh no, the whole the full on alien invasion force is here. It's like no, it's always as they they're just interested in keeping us controlled for some reason. And, and a lot of it was just an excuse to show off physics because they mm-hmm. they got the gravity gun. And, yep. and I'm convinced the only reason we have not seen Half Life Three is. Valve has not thought of the hook, the thing that would progress the right. FPS genre that, that physics did. Look, you just yeah. have to find I, a way to use the portal gun and the gravity gun in, in a complementary way. There you go. Yeah. I think you're 100% right, and I also think that's why they decided to do Alex, because they had something to say about VR. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had yeah. something they wanted to do in VR, and they were like, well, we haven't done VR yet. And then, of course, it's Valve, so they take their time, they do it right, and suddenly, well, that's the new standard. Like, I went back and I played... Uh, a few games that I had picked up on sale uh, that came out like three years ago in VR, which might as well be like NES quality. They're rough. Uh, yeah, it's rough. You know, and like playing Arizona Sunshine, which is a zombie shooter, after playing Alex, I was like, I can see the walls, you know, like, and this VO is so clumsy and everything. Like, Valve just looked at everything that everybody was doing in VR and were like, okay, well, if that's the standard... Let's just set a new one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't think we're going to see Half-Life 3 until Valve goes, you know what would be completely fucking revolutionary? Right. Let's do that. And then they'll they'll be willing to put 3 on that. Yeah. Yep. I think, I think, I think Gabe Newell's been pretty, well, quietly upfront. Like, that game was quietly in development for 10 years, and it's just like, there's no point. Yeah. There's yeah. no point. If we're not driving the medium forward, then we're not going to make another Half-Life game. And I feel like you you should have had an opportunity to drive the medium forward in like the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. You will guarantee yourself sales because you're the leading 
sales yeah, but they don't need them. That's the thing. They're making money. I know. They make a royalty off every game sold on Steam. They're fine. I know, but they can afford to lose money. A lot of um, money. So they've got a hard and fast a, a rule. No number threes. I suppose. Yeah. Two and through. There's no Left for Dead 3. There's no Portal 3. Or a Wayne's World 3. No. It's true. No. It's Valve true. made that too. There's no Street Fight. Oh, wait. <laughs> they made fun. it. Hold on, we got to catch Dan up. That was. Long. I had a GamePro flashback. Sorry, the letters we used to can't get count, about can't count to three. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, that has been our top five games of defiance. Where you stand up against a, a big ass police state. I'm sure we missed a bunch of your favorites. So let us know what they are in the comments. But in the meantime, should be the question of the week, man. Maybe that should be. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some Ghost of Tsushima, some Paper Mario, a bunch of other stuff. So stay tuned. <laughs> Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. So Disney has said they they want to retheme uh, Splash Mountain to be Princess and the Frog. Uh, instead of the Song of the South theme, and, and and I'm totally get it, and I'm I'm all for it. And the people that are like, "Oh my God, you can't! You're, you're changing this thing." It was, and by the way, all of those animals used to be on America's Singing right. before they were on that none of the riots, almost also half the- everything at Disneyland is like old as shit. It should be <laughs> new and interesting. <laughs> It's time for a change. Come on, something yeah. else. Yeah, I think. Well, I, I mean, nothing else will always have that earnest special. I would be much more sad about Splash Mountain's retheming if it wasn't an excellent choice. I don't know if ten, eleven-year-old movie counts as something new, Michael, but like it's like it's already set in New Orleans. It totally makes sense. I remember going on that ride for like the first time in like the early two thousands. That was my first time, and I was like, "Wow, I didn't know there were all these animals and." Song of the South. This movie must be crazy. I'm like, no, they <laughs> they cannibalized an old ride and like threw all that shit in there to weirdly make Song of the South look like it was much more raucous and big than it was. There are yeah, it, they're, that's they're like, what's weird. The timing. It was never a big movie. It's like, uh, God, what's a what's a Disney movie? Brother Bear. It'd be like putting out an attraction <laughs> theme around Brother Bear. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our final segment, where I will usually make a joke about taking a while to hit a button. But Jesus, uh, this I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hit it, Chris. Oh my, just do it now. All right. Uh, I love that you can still hear Anne's giggle yes. every week. It really makes me happy. <laughs> She's still part of the show in spirit. That's right. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is a game that uh, at least three of us have been playing. Have you had a chance to play it at all, uh, Dan? Not at all. I don't uh, like raw fish. 
Oh, it's that you get to be the mother of sushi. I've only seen uh, some of the amazing screenshots out of its photo mode. Oh, it has so the good. best photo mode any game has yeah. ever had. There, mm-hmm. I said it. Not only is it photos, it lets you take tracking shots, like little yep. mini clips. It's so genius. Yeah, well, the video still moves. And uh, I did want to say, we, we talked recently about watching that PlayStation stream, and I was like... I know the games are going to look better than this, but like the internet streaming technology hasn't caught up to what my console can do. Yeah. And, uh, I, I stream, I, I see, I have sling cable and I keep seeing commercials for it and it infuriates me because like this looks like dog shit. Mm. I, 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 I cannot believe we're in a world where like the glossy gameplay of the commercial looks worse than the actual gameplay. I was wondering, I mean, you guys all have pros. I just still have the standard PS4, and it looks beautiful on that. But every time I'm just like, fuck, if I had a pro, it would look amazing. With HDR, that's probably yeah, I, how I have, I have a pro and a 4K TV, and like, yeah, it, same. It, it doesn't... It makes me want a PS5 so bad because it is so goddamn loud. My, it's like having a jet engine next to me. I can hear it yeah. through my headphones. That's the one positive of just having the standard issue PS4 yeah. is I don't get the noise issues you guys always get with these games. Yeah, well, it's, it's just been like the last few Sony exclusives that have come out. It's like they've been so intensive that it's just like they crank the fans up to max. And so it's, it's like it's not FF7 levels, but like, yeah. I mean, this shit is, is beautiful, but not in a way that like I think you'd put in a marketing sheet it's not it, it there's not a lot of unchartedness happening like oh you're just watching a whole world sway with a breeze mm-hmm. yeah this game is like yo i heard you like particle effects dog i put some particle effects Damn. in your particle effects game but it's it's also just a great game for like i'm just trotting slowly on my horse along a mountain path and taking in the valley and watching the sunset and playing my flute which i swiped left on the touchpad to bring up and play oh you do that on your horse i just walk yeah. around and do that yeah, you can it's do both. Absurd, it, not unlike what we said about last of us 2 and if we didn't say it all on the patreon show i want to do a guide on this because i think we're doing it it's yeah. just like in between all this beauty and this like this action-packed nonsense like hey why don't you chill out ride a haku and play your flute <laughs> yeah <laughs> Did you know there's a bow motion too? If you swipe down, he bows. Yes. Random to anyone. You can there. you can use that to interact with villagers. Right when the PS4 was out the door, Sushima maybe realized no one used the t- PS4 touchpad in any meaningful way. Yeah. It's just another. It was mostly I mean, just another button. It's uh, it's been used meaningfully by PlayStation exclusives, but, right? But no multi-platform game has really done anything that interesting with it. And, and, and just that, that Tsushima, to its credit, is doing so much, like, the button combinations confuse me. Like, maybe it'd be better off on PC. Maybe that's, five that's, years from now. No, that, that's been happening to me a lot, too. I think part of it is, like, their mapping is very non-standard for open world games. I think a lot of us are just used to Ubisoft mapping in open world Oh, my world God. Game. Triangle to get out of my car or my horse. Mm-hmm. Oh no! I have slashed up a family I hit of my five. Horse again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. accidental murder. Mm-hmm. And 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 my favorite thing about like I just I wanted on my license plate if I could ever get a customized license plate R two for honor. Like I just <laughs> I just want to hit R two to honor things. <laughs> I know people made fun of the press square to pay respects. This mm-hmm. game has more R two for honoring than fucking any it's any of fucking that. Fucking crazy. Yeah. So I remember how I was calling this guys I was like this is gonna be my game of the year I can just tell I don't want to sound like a naysayer 
but oh. I've been slightly disappointed by a few things in the Gasp. game. It, it, so, okay. When I saw those trailers that, that they had like early days that were very cinematic and stuff, I'm like, okay, maybe they're, maybe they're going to try things differently. Like maybe this whole game is this, it's cinematic experience. And then when you actually go to play it, you quickly realize like, no, this is just samurai Assassin's Creed, which everyone knows I love Assassin's Creed. That's kind of how it was being positioned in terms of marketing. Like, you know, we, we knew a couple of years ago that it's like, you know, oh, the, this samurai turns into a ninja and runs around climbing walls. Yeah, this looks like Samurai Assassin's Creed. But I, I'm talking like in the early days where they showed like that standoff fight video. Uh, yeah, as if know. you'd be street fightering duels, mm-hmm. which occurs every 17 hours. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and, and it, so I love Assassin's Creed, but at the same time, it's like Assassin's Creed, it, it's it, it's kind of basing its model of Assassin's Creed on a few versions ago of Assassin's Creed. Like, Assassin's Creed has learned some lessons by then. For example, just because you're on an island that's full of mountains doesn't mean that I should fucking fall off a mountain and die every few minutes in this game because I'm used to playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which let me plummet off any mountain I wanted to and face no repercussions. Why like it's, are you falling off of mountains? I, I jump off. I, I am used to ACO, and so I just go over a ridge and well, jump yeah, off I, a mountain. I, to the game's credit, like I have never seen load times this fast. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're so fast. You know they had so to slow them down, right? There, there, is, there is no – like I unlocked the – perk that allows me to take massive fall damage but doesn't really tell me how much fall damage i'm like we'll just try it out i'll be right back here in a second that that thing is also uh what it i felt like it didn't make clear is that like oh you have to hit circle at the right second to roll it doesn't just it, it do it no i got that but, but there, it says it's you like, have to do it right before you it land says you only do. take fall damage from the highest heights that's what it tells you i'm like what are you yeah. talking about there but yeah it doesn't tell you there, how high that there is. are parts of the game that are just insurmountably high mm-hmm. and you know there are 20 foot drops you can't survive those either but I, I I know I know you're right about the Assassin's Creed thing. Yeah. But what I really love about it is what it mixes with Breath of the Wild. Mm. And I think that's what the the game. I don't know where this this started out at. I don't know Sucker Punch as well as Michael or Matt probably do from uh, Sly Cooper and Infamous. Mm-hmm. But they have been a company other than I love Sly Cooper, but it is largely like doesn't have a pre- pedigree for me and. This is astonishing. I, this is my this is my favorite game of the year so far. And I, I the last thing I ever wanted to play was a samurai game from a Western developer. <laughs> I know, and, and they and they kind of own that. I think a, a lot of reviewers when this first came out were kind of giving them guff, like, "Hey, you were claiming you were this historical game, and this is not their katana weren't a thing, and haiku weren't a thing." And it's like actually, when you go back, they were basic. They they were upfront. They're like. No, this is like a movie. We're basing this on well, samurai cinema. Yeah, not. and they they said like, okay, so yeah, samurai didn't do a lot of these things in the 13th century. The armor was different, uh, but people have certain expectations coming to a samurai game, and this is yeah. also the story that we wanted to tell. But we wanted to give people what they wanted coming to a samurai game. Like, so maybe the the Kamakura era was a bit different from how we're depicting, but this is what people want to see. I remember right. that being a thing on For Honor, to be honest, is like talking to J- Jason, the creative director, and it's kind of like, well, real Vikings didn't have this thing that we've come to expect, or real samurai didn't, but because mm-hmm. people expect them, if you don't put it in the game, 
they're actually going to get pissed off. Like even if you're being, if if you're too, if you're trying to be too historically accurate. And I was talking to Larry, who we've had on the show before, who, who you know I work with. He's a game designer. He's like, yeah, that's the thing. Is like there are realism games, but sometimes for games like this, you just have to remember at the end of the day, this is a video game. We, yes. We're basically taking creative oh, license, and it is a very much a video game ass video game. In, in talk in talking to you guys, and you and you both know Assassin's Creed more than I do, and I think they may be more feature rich, hmm. um, with more things to do. But there's a artistic elegance to the whole thing that that reminds me of Breath of the Wild in that like nothing's showing up on my HUD. It's just a golden bird is flying, and like if yeah. I follow it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Which is It'll great, lead- but they pop up every five fucking seconds yeah. because it's like early map days. I mean, at first I was like, what is that? Am I supposed to kill it? I guess I'll just ignore no, it. You, well, you have to like actually like really listen. There's no you like overworld it. music really. There's, there's cinematic yeah. cutscene music and, but if you hear a bird, there's a bird trying to show you something on the map that you have to follow and it's hard, it's hard to detect. I, 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 this is bliss for me because like it was one of the thing that, I don't have the, the term for it. The thing that I think Assassin's Creed games lack is a sense of magic. <laughs> oh no, you you should really play the new Assassin's Dude, Creed. Dude, I played games. I played every Assassin's Creed game and, and, and but it's like it's a pretty like we opened up your map and you can see everything that's going on and like you know, sometimes your HUD just disappears and you're like just you you literally get to sit down and look at stuff and then wonder and then something happens something weird happens so many weird things happen in this game just by walking through it mm. and, yeah. and it's not just a bunch of mission types even though there is a there's a ton of that yeah there, there is there are a ton of missions and talking about like weird things are happening i was just thinking so uh had this thing where it's like uh, i'm gonna talk to this person by a farmhouse and they're gonna tell me like oh yeah there's a musician over here who's talking about this uh you know, this legendary bow, um, you know, someone should go try to find this thing. And then you go try to find it. And it's like, oh, you, you can't just unlock a longbow to use as a weapon. You have to find the legendary cursed longbow that's protected by a crow demon and all this shit. It's like, you are so fucking extra Jin Sakai. Like, yeah. what, did, could you not find a normal str- longbow anywhere else on this island? But to Chris's point about like the cool shit they do... The way you find it, and it is a fetch quest at the end of the day that basically ends with a, a battle. Yes. But you have to find these certain landmarks surrounded by a certain color flower mm-hmm. uh, that you, you you have these maps at first that are like, hey, it kind of looks like – it's very Breath of the Wild. It's like, hey, it's, this mountain kind of looks like this. Look for this in your surroundings. We're not going to give you any waypoints. Yeah. But then when you and find it, they make it the so fucking obvious. It's like, oh, it's that. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, once you, I mean, because the it's flowers not like are Red very Dead, where it's just like, oh, okay, I found this area that resembles this picture. That's why I compared to Breath of the Wild. It has it has certain areas that are like these are Zelda Assassin's Creed platforming levels, and they're glorious and and and, and vertigo inducing and wonderful. But if you like, I the fast travel is so crazy, I never use it because I would. It's really cathartic and nice to explore the world. Yeah. And just the way the wind blows and everything. And I've encountered a couple people that I'll just murder. The combat is so satisfying. The Mm. combat's fun. It's a little, it's a little one note. I do have a pro, I have a couple problems with the combat. It's basically rock, paper, scissors because it's like, okay, if they have a spear equipped, you do this stance. If they have a shield equipped, you do this stance. And then it's very much. It takes a while to get to that point. No, I, I think, I think you're not using your ghost weapons. 
I, I use those a little. They make the fighting no, I'm, too I'm, easy. I, I have never used a smoke bomb. Never. I use the, I use the shuriken because they're they're awesome and it's like mm. uh, they they dis, they basically disorient dudes and then you can roll up and hit them. But the fighting is mostly wait for them to hit at you, parry, try to get that no. perfect parry, and yeah. then get a few shots in, rinse, repeat. Like that's no, it's a it's it's a lot of waiting, or you can accelerate things by changing your stance. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. If you have the right stance. It's it's not necessarily, you you can defeat anybody in any stance. Yes. It just takes a little longer. But it makes it a lot easier if you're like switch to wind stance because there's a spear guy or switch to water stance because there's a shield guy. I don't know how far you are in the game, but like the last stance you unlock is like, it's the mighty stance. You can, with a whirlwind attack, you can beat any, you can, you can break down anyone's, uh, Standpoint from that, and it, huh. the mighty know, like, yeah, yeah. so it's like the pen missile of rock paper scissors. But, but I so <laughs> but my other big problem, uh, the combat can be fun. I'm fighting the camera a lot though. There's a lot of times mm-hmm. where I'm I'm because it it does this auto targeting thing where like okay it's going to hit the guy that you're pressing the 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 L stick direction of. But if there's two guys standing there, sometimes it chooses the wrong one of those guys. And there's a lot of the time too does. where if I'm like not rotating the camera around enough, I'll get hit from off screen just randomly. It'll be some dude from behind me, and it's it's it. it they all, need all I can think on. of is like this game would have benefited from whatever that marker Cree thing. Mm, sure. Yeah. Was like, let me move that way. I'm not using, you know, just, or even just one button to say, I want to lock onto this guy for now, and then I'll rotate around him and with the camera around him so I can take care of him before moving on. You know, click in on the R3 stick. That's what Assassin's Creed yeah. would have done. Well, they, what they said about that was that they, uh, they said, like, if you watch samurai movies, they're always moving very quickly and fluidly to attack multiple foes one right after the other, and we wanted players to be able to do that. And if you're locked on, you can't do that. I understand, and there's a here's here's why I call bullshit on that. Yes, other games let you do that. There are times when you don't lock on when you're surrounded by folks, and then there are other fights where you can lock on. It's it's optional. It doesn't force you to lock on. No, you know? there's almost no lock on of any kind. There isn't. No, that's what I'm saying is what that they need they needed one. I think, but I, I don't I don't think like you will get to a point where you're encountering like twenty people at a time and you kinda just want to get to the person closer closest to you or get away as fast as possible. Like I, I like I really think of I I I have had a lot of weird health issues and woken up uh, but I've been I've been sleeping very weird mm-hmm. and I'll wake up at like three in the morning and I'll go and I have not done this since I'm a little kid where I will Oh it's it's daytime now. I I, I just oh, lost five yeah. hours of my I'm just going to do this till I fall asleep and I can't fall asleep and I can't fall asleep for the rest of the day because I, I, I like this game so fucking much. I mean, yeah, again, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying because I, I came in with different expectations. I love Assassin's Creed. And so I'm like, yeah, this is this is exactly what I've wanted for years. Samurai Assassin's Creed. There are just some little things that I'm like, I wish they would have done this slightly differently. I'm still playing it the way I play Assassin's Creed. I love checking off fucking little points on a map. Mm-hmm. And this game has a, has that I, in I spades. just like from a, a perspective of someone who like, dude, I, I almost hate samurai. <laughs> I don't care. Mm. And I love this universe. It, I mean, one of the most fun things for me is it's, it's a ghost power, but it's very samurai thing. It's the challenge mode where you walk up on a stand camp up. and you're just like, yeah, I'm going to challenge and oh, you can, you can upgrade the standoff. You can do any time from the beginning of the game. Yeah. And it's like, and it's your stupidest move, honestly, because no, 
But I mean, it. Well, in theory, it would be because, like, I'm going to challenge a whole camp full of Mongols. Maybe they'll just uh, throw some pitch on me and light me on fire, like they did that guy at the beginning of the game. Yeah, it's it's not easy to see um, how many people you're going to end up challenging, especially when you walk into Mongol encampments. Yeah, yeah. But you will unlock something eventually where you can take out a ton of people that way. I mm-hmm. have, I've, I've, I've fully upgraded that. Where, well, maybe it goes further than this, but I've gotten it so it I does. can chain three guys. It, it goes further than that. And, okay. Um, and, and it gets way harder when you encounter new enemy types because the faults of the game, like, uh, I haven't met any new enemy types in like 30 hours and like it never bothered me ever. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and when you do, like, you have to change up everything completely. And the combat is, uh, what, what robust? Is, is that a good way to say it? Like, it's, it's, like, it's what I, it's a little, it's way easier than Sekiro. And I think Sekiro was yeah, a little too challenging different. for most people, but it's more challenging than stuff I've done in Assassin's Creed. And you unlock so many things, but it, everything takes a while to unlock. So you it, end yeah. up getting really good. Sure. When you end up unlocking things. It's it's a beautiful elegant world. It feels a little more alive than most open world games. Even though there there's not a lot going on. It's it's you're you're not um you're at the beginning of somebody's history. Yeah. Um and my, my only mark against it is that like it's Western developers knowing they're making an Asian game and it's so straightforward. Like every, every cutscene is so straightforward and, uh, the characters can be boring even though their stories are compelling, but there are no interesting characters, like almost no interesting. I don't, I, I think Koten Khan is pretty interesting. He is he's because guy. he's the fattest and the one with the motivation. Everyone else he's, he's is just like. He's also the smartest character in the game. I don't know. I think the lady, what's her name, whose entire family has been killed and she's out for revenge what, is a pretty yes. fucking compelling character. No, no, I, I, I agree. But like everyone is very straightforward and doesn't reveal anything about themselves. Mm. There's a little thing here that like, like see someone cautiously navigating around the idea of of representation because yeah, I don't know who these fucking voice actors are but you can choose like I love that you can choose black and white Kurosawa mode with Japanese yeah uh, language I'm which I wouldn't recommend first playthrough I think Austin Walker was saying this but it's a lot so much is tied to color in this game we were talking about like the blue flowers and stuff mm-hmm. it's like if you tried it that first time you there's stuff you literally can't accomplish by being in black and white in that game but in terms of like what I loved about Breath of the Wild, like I'm not going to fast travel because I know there's things to discover in between that I'll never see and like yeah. make me smile or cry and, and, and want to go back. And, and sorry, like Assassin's Creed games haven't done that for me in a while. Like, ah, there's a diamond in the box at the top of this hill. <laughs> like it, it, it's, it feels a little different. Like it, it, it's, it's, it's very uh, alive. It's a, well. So what's what's odd though is I would say as an Assassin's Creed like a super fan, maybe not as much as Michael, but I'm pretty up there. The map, Michael, you can tell me if I'm way off base. The map feels way more empty to me than an Assassin's Creed map. Like there's there's just you, you not as not much unlocked, to do. Uh, you have not unlocked anywhere near the full map. I'm, but I'm saying in the space that I'm in, I'm in that for you know that first southern continent or whatever an assassin's creed map can overwhelm you with like hey there are so many collectibles and unlockables all around you this game feels pretty spaced out and between like points of interest on the map 
there's some animals and stuff, but you're you're not encountering that many people. Uh, you can't always, hunt all the animals. Like I, I went to shoot a deer, thinking, "Oh, I'm going to get some kind of collectible that I'll be used to upgrade." Oh, I love, I love that. The, at some point, I think it was a cutscene. Like, you bring shame on yourself for shooting this deer. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't do anything with the deer. Yeah. But and there's nothing um, to do with it. So like I shot one in accident and felt guilty for like an hour. Yeah, I, f- I feel like we should say something for the spoiler cast here. Yeah, uh, it's, <laughs> like I this is my favorite game of the year for real. All right. Hey, Michael, how's Paper Mario? Uh, Paper Mario is pretty good. It's a Paper Mario game. Uh, it it uses a lot of controller tilting stuff to. Yuck. Interact with the environment. You can, uh, it, it does something kind of weird that I haven't seen in a Paper Mario game before where the environment is 3D and there's like a bunch of parts that have just been like ripped away to reveal like some sort of wire frame underneath. And so you like just go up and throw confetti until the, uh, patches are fixed. And, uh, it also has like, I, I never played a uh, thousand year door, so I can't really speak to if the ah, the battle system well, is new. Twice. It's new, but it's, it's not the thousand. It, year it's door sort system. of weird in that, like, so it it puts you at the center of a bunch of concentric rings, and it lines up your opponents, and then it'll like spin a couple of the rings, and so you're like, oh, I have two moves to try and move my opponents back into a configuration. Uh, if I put them in a straight line, then I can jump across the line and hit all four of them. If I put them clustered uh, two by two into a little square, then I can hit them all with my hammer at once. And so uh, a lot of the combat is about positioning your enemies, um, at least at first. I'm sure it changes later on. but uh, I heard it just gets harder, but it, it basically yeah. adds kind of a tactical RPG element to the game, bit, right? A little like bit, yeah. Get the combat set up in advance. and Because what I hear is it makes fights much harder if you don't do that. Like, you, mm-hmm. you, you can slog through them, but it's not as enjoyable. You, you must do that, or you have to pay off Toads to help you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's like the, right. The they, worst sell of a Mario game I've ever heard. There's like a Toad audience. And it's like we'll show up and cheer for you, but then you have to pay us. <laughs> uh, it's a little. What, what's the Toad audience thing? Was from other Mario games. I remember that. I'm I'm not I'm not um I ain't the smartest man in the world, and I didn't notice this till Paper Jam, where Paper Mario teamed up with Mario and Luigi. But Paper Mario, everything I loved about Mario and Luigi and and the original Paper Mario were the exact same. The active time. RPG battles. Yes. And then eventually Nintendo made the decision, like, we have to make these universes separate and give them something else to do. And Paper Mario has suffered ever since Thousand Year Door. Because they gave the Mario and Luigi series all those fun things I loved about Paper Mario. Yeah. So, Michael, I was going to ask you about that. Like, does it does it use the Mario and Luigi type combat of, okay, a dude's attacking me. If I jump at the right second, I can do a defensive mood and move and knock him away. You know, I'm, I'm not entirely sure because I've never got to the point yet where an enemy has been able to successfully attack me. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> have, you, have you been to a boss? Um, yeah, actually. Well, I've, I fought a giant paper mache Goomba. That's something. I, the, 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 I, I hear there's just like a giant uh, disparate universe in between like, the combat's easy. We're a Nintendo game, and then like well, we have to make the, a boss challenging, and then it's like it's like an hour hmm. to learn yeah, I some of the bosses. To that point yet, but uh... because they 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 change the wheel thing on you. Hmm. How does it how does it look? Because I'm I'm just in watching the trailers and stuff. Like the paper mache stuff looks kind of like Yoshi's Crafted World. Like it really looks like yeah. real paper. It's, it's like photorealistic. Like all the 3D elements are weirdly photorealistic, and then you've got the paper Mario characters who are just like walking around. And 
the whole thing is is sort of about like the intrusion of a third dimension and then it's just like you can't be flat paper you need to be folded to be made whole and complete and pure and it's like yeah these origami invaders are attacking and folding the mushroom kingdom denizens and bowser's minions up into these origami characters that are very sinister and tragic I've re- I read an article today that explained um, why they had to do the origami thing. So apparently this is a directive from Nintendo. The Paper Mario team, they're not allowed to um, to come up with characters outside the existing Mario universe like they used mm-hmm. to be able to. And they can't even like riff off of existing Mario villains. Like yep. they either have to like the new characters can't resemble anything having to do with the Mario universe whatsoever. So or it's just you have to use an existing character. You can't you can't can't play it around seems, with things. seems like a weird limitation to impose on yourself and your own designers like i could understand like no third parties we don't want you bringing your new characters to this i mean there, there is a there's a very weird paper mario doesn't exist unless there are other mario games and we're all obsessed with mario mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do, does that make any sense well, you mean it's I'm, a brand I'm extension. too drunk to know. It couldn't exist in a vacuum, is what you're saying. Like without the context, right? Of Mario. Like, like they can't. Like uh, pa- the first two Paper Mario games introduced a bunch of other Mario characters, and then you know you work at Nintendo. Like, what happened to these characters? Like, no, you can insert paper versions of pre-existing Mario characters, but anything they involve, they get themselves involved with in the Paper Mario universe has to be new, mm-hmm. and that's an interesting. Interesting design barrier to put up for people who make fun games for you because that's not really that nice. This came straight from the designer's mouth. So this is uh, Kensuke Tanabe, but basically, apparently, this is it holds true for every other Mario, any anything Mario related in the uh, other than you know than the main game. It's like they basically Nintendo has said we are happy with the characters currently in the Mario universe. We don't want to add any more to this stable. Like this is it. You know, which it's been like that for a while in Paper Mario. That like almost yeah. everybody you encounter looks a little different, or they you're in their universe. Mario is yeah. in their universe. Yeah. It's not the other way around. Yeah. So you can't introduce new Mar- Mushroom Kingdom characters in a Paper Mario game. When you go into a, a, a Mario and Luigi game, vastly superior. Um, um, how are the RPG elements, Michael? Is there actual character progression, or there's no leveling whatsoever? It's just you kind of play through it. That's a good question. I'll, I'll, I'll be straight with you. I have not played this very much because I am almost immediately wanting to go back and play Ghost of Tsushima some more. Okay. But. I, I did talk to TL about it a little bit and he told, one thing he was able to tell me, he, um, I mean, one thing Paper Mario is known for is charm and humor. Mm-hmm. He said this is the funniest Paper Mario has been since Thousand Year yeah, Door. This is actually it's his second really, favorite. Really well written and it, the, the dialogue is really sharp and it's funny and yeah, I love it. So T- TL is he's telling me it's one of his favorite games of the year, and he he's a huge fan of that series. So I'm, I'm going to take his word for it. And I love the series too. And I was a little worried because well, Paper let, let Jam me tell so you, uh, half the Paper Mario games have been terrible. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I I when I say I love the series, I love Thousand Year Door and Super Paper Mario. Mm, uh, nope, and then some, you know, the newer stuff kind of sucks. So. Sticker Star. Sticker Star is one of the worst games I've ever played. Yeah, wow. the fact that you have to trade and buy your powers that are then. Um, they're consumable during battle. Worst, Nintendo, worst Mario games I've ever played. It's it's bad. It's bad. 
Anyway, uh, wow. but it sounds like this one is not that. It sounds like this one's very good, yep. which we like. Uh, another thing that's very good, uh, there's a little game that came out a few years ago called Bloodborne, gentlemen. I don't mm-hmm. know if you played it. Uh, but there was a free game that came out this week, this week that's kind of an homage to Bloodborne. It's called Yarntown. Yep. It's a, it's as if you took Bloodborne and mixed it with a 2D Zelda game. And it's lovely. I played it. You can download it right now on the Itchios for free. It, it, your computer will warn you like, hey, you sure you want to run this thing you've downloaded? Like this kind of file can introduce viruses. So hopefully I'm safe. But, uh, no, it's, it's a very fun, very simple homage to Bloodborne. And I'm, it's straight up like there's some, it's like Bloodborne in 2D form. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah. Like it's, they, they kind of recreate, uh, Yarnum town, like right at the beginning. Yes. So it's like, yes. oh yeah, this is in roughly the same place that it would have been in the game. That's neat. Yeah. And like, Excuse me, I got to the point where I was, like, fighting Father Gascioni or whatever, and he... Gascoigne. Yeah, and he has the same, uh, similar attacks. It even has the shooting is more of a shield slash parry move in this game. Yeah, like, you can, you can one-shot enemies if you stun them just right with the pistol. Yeah, there needs to be better UI with when you should shoot them, because there's a lot of times where you just shoot them and nothing happens, Mm -hmm. like... It's not when they're attacking like it was in Bloodborne. It's not like a true parry like that. But right. hey, it's hey for a free game, and if you love Bloodborne, like uh, it's it's worth it. Um, a last new release this week that comes out the day after we record this, but I'm looking forward to Devolver's releasing that game, uh, Carrion, which mm-hmm. is you play as the monster in a horror game, like yep. a very thing like monster, giant amorphous blob creature. It's like blood. Uh, what was it? Blackthorn. It reminded me very much of Blackthorn, but except you're like John Carpenter's Blackthorn. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I want to play as the thing from the thing. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I think you can I also really shapeshift like, like the thing. There's a little free demo on Steam. Oh, nice. Okay, very cool. Yeah, so it comes out, uh, came out yesterday as you're hearing this, so mm-hmm. check that out. And I think uh, it's part of Game Pass Ultimate because I already pre-downloaded it for my PC. Yes, so. yes it is. So there you go. Cool. All right, well, that just leaves us with... And, and continues to be part of the show. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so as I, as I kind of mentioned at the top of the show, um, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk is a mm-hmm. new indie game that was announced that is, it is basically the spiritual successor to Jet Set Radio. Um, it's developed by indie studio team Reptile, but it has the official involvement of Hideki and Naga, Naganuma, yes. who's doing the music for this game. So. Yeah. And I will say, um, he also did uh, the music for a similar game called Hover Revolt of Gamers, and I wasn't much of a fan of that, but this looks to be a bit closer to what you would expect from a Jet Set Radio uh, homage slash spiritual successor. Yeah, but that, that, that was kind of more of like a, a running multiplayer parkour game, um, which I, if, if you want something like jet set radio you want like that constant forward momentum and you want the feeling of rail sliding and going just by the the snippets of the trailer that i saw like this looks to be kind of more in line with that so yeah it looks like a roller skating spray painting good time yep yep 
That should be on the box if there was mm-hmm. one. I was going to say, like, they can use that one? Or <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sure. Clear that. I don't know. Sure. That one's free. It is, it's by the same developers uh, who did Lethal League Blaze, which was like a baseball fighting game that Hideki Naganuma also did music for. Yep. Yep. Um, so uh, this other announcement is is of particular interest to me, but also because of what it could imply. So um, Yakuza Like a Dragon... They officially announced the release date, which is November 13th. Um, they also announced this one has an official English dub, and George Takei is playing the antagonist Masumi Arakawa in that dub. So, I'm oh excited. heavens, I've oh, never oh seen that. I'm, I'm excited to see that, but I, I do kind of feel like there, there are more Japanese American actors than George Takei and Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa, but you wouldn't know it by looking at Hollywood. Bullshit. It's like Ken Watanabe and Knives Chow, and that's <laughs> it. You know, the Yakuza games are pretty good about having, like, these are older gentlemen, you know, in, in the Yakuza, and so yeah, he, he kind of could easily fit this role because of oh, that. Or am I Steve Amell in disguise <laughs> <laughs> the whole time? So they announced all the pre-order editions, which get you all kinds of fun stuff like extra karaoke outfits, whatever. Definitely interested. But here's the thing. On the pre-order listing, it says that this is a day one game for Xbox Series X. And it says it comes out November 13th. So you could super sleuth reverse engineer it and say, okay, could that be the release date for Xbox Series X, which we might know as of yesterday when Microsoft does their big event, which we hope they're going to announce the release date there. Or could it just mean Xbox Series X comes out anytime after the 13th so that Yakuza is there ready and sitting there waiting when the Xbox Series X comes out? I will I won't put any pressure on you, but all Call of Duty games and consoles come out on the same day. And that's the second week in November. Every mm-hmm. time. Hmm. And it always has been. I was only shocked it was November 12th, because that typically is the day. It's a little shocking. I mean, Yakuza games might want to avoid that window. They're not necessarily like the big mainstream things that are going to go toe-to-toe with those type of games. They are now. Yeah, but like we we know now from console launch cycles of last gen, there's nothing. Nothing is going to be there to justify your purchase. There'll be one to two first-party games. Less than less than one second party game, and uh, a couple third party things you'll be able to pick up on any other platform ever. So be first. I think Microsoft's being smart this time though, because they're doing that whole smart delivery. Ah, they're being smart, where they're they're ensuring their stuff there for you because they're saying if you bought it on last gen, it will not only be on Xbox Series X, but it'll be enhanced for Series X. So it's kind of like, yeah, we get all the the best versions of all these games will be sitting there waiting for us when we come out, you know. Mm-hmm. Including my my favorite. This is the cutest part of the pre order, by the way. Their Day One edition is known as the Day Ichi edition for Yakuza Aww. Like a Dragon. Nice. It's pretty adorable, and it's and it's the same price. It's sixty bucks. So get that. Yeah. Um, speaking of Japanese games, Deadly Premonition Two. Uh, patched, they, they, they patched the frame rate, Michael. Curses. We said they weren't going to. Uh, apparently, yeah, that's what it, it they said. Only, they said there were no plans. It, it, they said it was only a partial fix and that they have to do it in waves. Um, but while doing so, they didn't address all of the other issues that people had with some of the writing in the game, um, specifically in regards to the trans character in the game. So, uh, you know, Swery was out there saying he had made kind of a public apology, like, hey, I got it wrong. 
I wrote this. I didn't mean to be offensive to people. I'm going to rewrite this character. Um, apparently, after this patch, turns out he's only rewritten like one line at kind of a key moment, but he didn't rewrite all the other stuff where basically... I, I, I love this line of like, hey, I'm woke in Japan. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's something to start. To start. <laughs> Even after the patch, there's a, there's some misgendering and deadnaming the trans character, Lena. Um, so maybe I think, you know, he's going to go back, but he, he kind of, yeah, he, he, can't, he had a follow-up statement that was sort of along the lines of, well... Okay, I'll just read a statement. Um, the scenario where the problem occurred has been fixed. I didn't change the important point of the story of this work, and I was able to make changes only where I wanted to make corrections. Therefore, I'm confident that fans who were worried that this fix may change the essence of the game will be reassured. Hey, I gotta tell you, Sweary, you shouldn't give a shit about what those fans are saying because that's just a fucking excuse uh, to hide their transphobic feelings. Anyway. Yeah, this this, this somehow bothers me, um, this thing that doesn't apply to me and I never think about. I'm all of a sudden, oh, I'm trying to imagine the person I, who hates I'm this. I'm trying to imagine <laughs> what the Venn diagram of transphobes and people interested in Deadly Premonition 2 looks yeah. like. <laughs> Is there much overlap there? Transphobes are, are transphobes are the hardest to understand because, mm. like, you know, at least when I was growing up with homophobes, like they're all out to get me and make me one of them. And like, there's no trans recruitment asshole. Mm. Like, you relax. do know the transphobes when they were like objecting to him making any changes. The excuse they used was, "Oh, it's you're going to change the essence of the story and it's going to ruin the whole story." Now you shouldn't change it. Just stick to your is guns. It, is, is the character really that much a crux of the story? Like, I think she's yeah. I think. She is hmm. like one of the everything a rich person does on his first draft is the best. <laughs> like, uh, I stand by all of it. Well, you sound like Uncle Page there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, I told you I'd be perfect. Jade, uh, I was doing my best. I've been watching too much Boondocks, and I was trying my best to not be Uncle Ruckus. <laughs> well, God damn, that is a funny. Oh, horrible character. Oh, boy. Um, all right. Seg segwaying into, hey, you know what? Uh, Deadly Premonition 2 was announced at one of these. Nintendo did one of their famous, like, uh, direct minis, as they call mm -hmm. them. Uh, they announced a lot of little things. It, it, it's right there in the title, direct mini. And people were um, very disappointed that it wasn't yes. a, a broad look at all the unannounced titles Nintendo has coming down the pike. In, in the announcement before the mini, they straight up said this is from independent game developers and partners, not us. They called it a fucking mm -hmm. mini direct. What else do you need? <laughs> like they're trying to manage expectations. I up want front. what I want. Mm -hmm. You yeah. have to read my mind, and I'm angry if you don't do what I think you should do. Spoken like You're a man wrong. who's worked in community for years. Yeah, yeah in much. reality, yeah. For someone for someone who's worked in community and someone who gives a fuck about small games, Nintendo just gave a giant spotlight to people who aren't them. Yeah, who, who didn't steal the show? <laughs> like, is every time Nintendo announces anything, it steals the show from whatever the fuck else they announce. Nice. Good. But I want a new Metroid and Smash Brothers and a Pokemon that moves at 60 frames per second at 4K resolution. You'll, you'll get one of those. Mm. You get one Smash for, per, per platform. Mm. And in this case, you're getting less. So relax. You're going to take your uh, Cadence of Hyrule DLC and you're going to like it, Michael. Because that's what they announced. They announced the, well, a, a, a really late season pass, but also three DLC packs for the, Crypt of the Necrodancer Zelda crossover that I loved, uh, yeah. that came out last year. I think year. the first pack uh, is out this week, right? The first pack's uh, already out. That's the character pack. 
there's a music pack. And then the one that I'm kind of waiting for, I don't know that I'm going to buy the whole season pass. Um, it's like 15 bucks and then the packs by themselves are like seven. There's actually a story expansion pack that's coming last. So a little I, bold. I think that I, I don't like this at all. <laughs> no, it's very reminiscent of what they did with the, um, Fire Emblem DLC where it's coming really late. It's like, uh, I don't know. This game was, this game is charming in very small doses and I'm yeah. way over anything you could add to the Well, game. and the game was 25 bucks at launch and yeah. you're charging me 15 bucks for the season pass. That's pretty steep. Yeah, Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they also, hey, hey Chris, they showed off our favorite upcoming game, WWE 2K Battlegrounds. <laughs> <laughs> but they had, so like the trailer they showed that was great because it had like all these current WWE superstars playing as the former superstars they couldn't afford to get for the trailer. So it was like, it was like Cesaro and Asuka, uh, and Big yeah, Only the people they've managed to like hold inside the Orlando conference. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> to, but to be fair, a lot the of the bleachers. people they got are, they're, they stream on the regular, like, like Biggie and Kofi and Asuka and I think Cesaro also, they always stream games. And so they kind of got like, hey, this feels very Brett to me. Like, this is something if Brett was still at Capcom, he would have arranged, like, knowing, hey, those people stream games all the time. This should be Brett's job, by the way. Yeah. Like, he should be in control of all WWE games. Him and Dave. Mm-hmm. But uh, they showed him. They showed off a lot of gameplay of those guys playing as superstars, such as Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, Andre the Giant. It, the game looks. It looks stupid and kind of kind of fun. Like I, to be honest, it's like it, oh, I would never. Sorry, I I would never buy a WWE game ever. But like this is NBA Jam of WWE. Yeah, Fuck that's exactly yeah. what it is. I'm in. It's it's like those all star games they they did years ago. It's like yeah, this is it's WrestleFest, baby. This this is those those posable rubber Hulk Hogan figures you had in the eighties yeah. are now in a video. The game. thumb wrestlers, <laughs> yeah, those two. Um, then the the biggest announcements they had. There's two. Uh, so uh, Shin Megami Tensei games. So there's first we're getting an HD remaster of three, mm-hmm. which is I'm, I'm fine. wondering if it'll have Dante in it. Is it, that was remember that was the box featuring Dante from Devil May Cry. Uh, yeah, yeah, because of the demon devil thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the bigger announcement I think is that uh, SMT or what do they call it, Megaton? Megaton Five is coming to Switch in 2021. Yeah. After four came to 3DS. Yeah, so, uh, so we get so we got some Megaton games to look forward to there. Um, last bit of news. Microsoft is definitely sending signals that they are they are winding down current gen. They are they are getting ready for next gen. Mm-hmm. They kind of made a couple moves. So first off, um, buy those Xbox One X's now and One S's because they are no longer being manufactured. Or they, buy a Series X because why would you want an exactly. Xbox One X when those are out? There's that. No, but uh, we we had a little conversation about that this week. Like if. The Xbox One X has not been significantly discounted, but HBO Max just launched and isn't on Roku or Amazon. The Microsoft app platform has had no conflicts, mm-hmm. none, yeah. with anything ever, including PlayStation View. Yeah, but if you want it for streaming, the One S seems like the better option. No, no, I, I'm with you on that, but but uh, but like. I was talking to someone. It wasn't Michael. You can have this as your streaming machine, no matter what happens. Yeah, the That's One S. Amazing. I think I've seen the One S at one fifty. I think it's gotten yeah, down to but the One X has n- like never been below four twenty nine. 
Yeah, right, uh, I've buddy. Spark it up, buddy. Four twenty. Um, I've checked, but it's it's a good it's a good media machine. Like I bought my yeah. parents a Roku recently, and like it. Well, this was dog shit. Like, like it doesn't this have is garbage. Anything. Why didn't you buy us an Xbox One S so we can play all the latest games from Microsoft? I, I tried to convince them of that. Like I, if I, I just buy you this one thing, we'll dad, have man. you'll have more apps than the Roku, and you can maybe play games. Hmm. I, I would say if. Maybe if your Xbox breaks between now and when Series X comes out, it makes sense. But Microsoft, they kind of, this is what they're known to do. They did this between the original Xbox and Xbox 360, and again between 360 and 1. They kind of just, when they go to the next generation, they drop support for that last generation. And and what, they, what they're doing, to their credit, is it's the backwards compatibility thing. It's like, no, no, we can, we're going to bring all your shit into this next generation but don't worry about buying those old consoles. Like, just just get them out of here. And that's well, I, very much the moves they're making. I don't I don't know like what the question, but we we brought that up in the chat, and it was like, um, I didn't have to make that decision. The decision was made for me. It was easier for me to get an Xbox One before a PS4. Yeah, and that became my media machine. I literally can hook up a fucking antenna and DVR cable, like like shows. Through my Xbox. PS4 has never had that option. They haven't even allowed Sling on their platform. Yeah. Or, or they don't have HBO Max there either. It's Whereas less. That was, Microsoft yeah. has, uh, like, announced itself as haha. Their TV. We're all. We know how we feel about as gamers. Like, who cares? But, like, now I care. Like, who is going to. Like, if you're going to. If I'm going to take one of these consoles out, one of you has to step up and tell me all my shit's going to work on it. Am I the only one here that used that feature where you could pull up the TV in the little yes, blade thing? the one guide. It's on the remote, which I use every day. No, but no, here's what I'm – that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is they've since removed it. But Xboxes used to let you watch TV with a little blade yeah, that pulled right, up right, while right. you played the game in a smaller version of your screen. They, I, I was so pissed when they removed that functionality because I would put on my college football, my USC game, have that on on the side, and then play my video games, and I can no longer do that shit. Well, it was Xbox. a, it was a disaster for me because I was watching Star Trek and like I want to hear one of these things, and you have no option to switch which one I want to hear. So the other big move they made, um, this one's a little odd. And we're going to speculate. They're no longer selling the one-year Xbox Live Gold subscriptions, just the the smaller stints of time, so the one month and the three month. I think the rumor is gold is gone because yeah. when they started the Xbox Live Gold package, uh, remember uh, Symphony of the Night was over 250 gigs. It was too much to put on the internet. We can't bear that kind of download. Yeah. Nobody's going to download 250 megabytes. Yeah, like it's it's a little absurd. Like, I, but that's a it's a it's a really interesting arrow in the console wars that for Microsoft to fire that like this isn't really a thing. Multiplayer, like if we're if you're going to be a first party platform, you finance first party multiplayer. Well, I was going to ask you though: Is this going to make it so that multiplayer is free for everyone, or is it just going away because they're going to say in order to play multiplayer? You have to subscribe to Game Pass, which is our new hotness thing. Look at every game everyone but me is working on, and every single slice of the DLC they have to make on free multiplayer is way better. Right? Like, like when, when, when bandwidth was more expensive and they were basically 
asking early adopters to pay the price to finance live gaming. There's none of this on PC. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like, free. So, so you're, so you're, Chris, you're thinking multiplayer will just be free and they're not going to make you buy games. And they're, for, they're forcing their hands. If PS Plus exists tomorrow mm-hmm. and it, with no Game Pass thing, like Microsoft could win the next console war. Does that make sense? Mm, I don't know. I think I think the uh, they're phasing it out because uh, they're going to phase out multiplayer gaming altogether. It's just going to be single player from now on. People like yeah, people baby! rule the world. Yeah, let's yeah, do it. That's Sony's strategy, nobody. Michael. That that's been Sony's strategy. <laughs> I I think it's impossible. Like there are too many ways to play multiplayer gaming for free. Mm. Um, it doesn't make. Sense. I pay for Xbox Live because, like, ah, two free games. And then when you, like, oh, here's Shoe Simulator and fucking uh, and Hat Man, like, gross. Like, man, don't shit on my Shoe Simulator. I was going <laughs> to say Hat Man. How dare you? <laughs> Sorry. It was, uh, I triggered Dan with Hat Man. It was, <laughs> fucking A, man. And yet, brutal. if they gave us Mr. Mosquito, we'd all be fucking loud. I mean, but, like, I, I right? Think when PCs have no justification for multiplayer, like, as of this point, consoles are going to have to say, like, we don't either. Do those other guys do? Come over here. So they've made another move. I think... I'm so I, drunk. I should I, not I, talk. I, I think I agree with you, Chris. They'll probably make multiplayer free, but I think... They are trying to do everything they can to make Game Pass a no-brainer, including the thing that we predicted on the show would happen. All of us, we're all geniuses. Even Dan, who wasn't there, predicted this. Uh, xCloud, their streaming feature, is now included with Game Pass Ultimate starting in September. So you will get – that's all rolled in together for that $15 a month subscription. You'll be able to play your Xbox One and Xbox Series X games on any, there's a variety of devices. It's it's phones and shit like that, and and Surface tablets and stuff. So that that is just being included in Game Pass. They're not going to charge you separately for that. So, which I think is that's smart. That's exactly how I would have told them to do it if I was working there. So. I I think we're pretty much done with paying for the ability to play multiplayer. When Nintendo did it, it's over. Yeah, <laughs> like. It's over. You can't. Do I mean, it I don't even think of that twenty bucks as multiplayer. For me, that twenty bucks is right. you get you get you're subscribing to access to our SNES and NES. It's like it's library. me opening my email, like oh, Donkey Kong Country. I'll never play that. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you guys get to be a company. Neat. Yeah. Um, and then last thing though, unfortunately, you know, Game Pass. A lot of people were being like, "Hey, they're going to put Game Pass in everything." Uh, Phil Spencer came out there and is like. Dude, no. We'd love to put Game Pass on all of the platforms. Um, I don't think Nintendo and Sony would be down for that. So don't don't look for Game Pass to be coming to your PS5 or Nintendo I mean, Switches. I'm surprised that soon. anyone would expect that. Uh, you know, they're they're on Windows because they own Windows. <laughs> I think when we started seeing things like Minecraft on Nintendo platforms, people were like, "Oh, see, Microsoft has stuff on that." We've platform. also seen Viva Pinata on DS and Banjo Kazooie on uh, in Smash Bros. I completely forgot Blue about Viva Pinata on DS. <laughs> but it's it, it's also like um um it where is where is uh, PlayStation or sorry where is HBO Max on Roku right now? It's not. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't exist. Uh, so you sort of get to hold the cards by by offering this amazing mega service, and it might not be the right time to like 
yeah, Nintendo and PlayStation take our take our fucking Game Pass, but like that's where it's going. It just is. And like if you think about like everyone will be on a Game Pass style subscription in a few years and the people who wipe out your multiplayer fees, which is does that not feel antiquated? It yeah, it feels like bullshit. It's like, "Oh, we're wait, we're paying we're paying for your multiplayer I already servers? paid you my Game Pass fee. <laughs> so give me multiplayer or die. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I had a bigger point does. there, Game but I, I got Game... too drunk and lost th- it because you guys made me work until 2 in the morning. I think Game Pass Ultimate does include live, if I remember already. I don't know. I, I was, I was going to subscribe to it. I thought it, I thought it did. Yeah. But then I it was like, it and it also includes PC. I'm like, I yeah. don't care about that. Hey, the PC stuff's been great. I was, I oh was, no, that's not. It. Sorry, I was able to like, play I, through the new. I have eleven thousand unfinished videos on there. I can't load yeah, anything on true. this PC. That's true. Anyways, uh, you say yeah, so. Microsoft making moves. You can tell they are shutting it down. We're shutting it down for Xbox One bullshit. We're moving on to Series X. That, that was interesting. There is in console history. I don't know of any company that announced they were shutting down the production of their old console before their new console was out. Yeah. Yeah, they don't waste time. Uh, there's probably going to be more Microsoft news. Actually, if you want to see, Chris, are we committing to this? I, I, I'm no, I'm definitely doing it, but, um, I would have already done this by the time you hear this, but you can probably check the archive of the stream. So I'm, we're doing live reacts to the Microsoft stream. I do, conference. but I want a Vaseline lens. Okay. Yeah. Thank we can you. do that for I, you. Like, I, I, I'm going to cut my own Xbox shirt because I'm a huge fanboy. We can make it look like you're on a speeder in, in, uh, New Hope. We can Vaseline right. the lens right there. So you're I'll lean forward your, so my udders hang. I can't <laughs> wait. Are you wanting us to Vaseline your man boobs that are hanging down below there? No. I want someone to shave them and then touch them. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. <laughs> Gross. Anyway, yeah, uh, I, I'll definitely be doing reacts. Chris might have been joining with me, but you can go check that out on the old uh, Twitch, Maddie C. Allen. The only reason I didn't before is because me and my girlfriend had gotten a fight, and I had to run away without like anywhere to go, so I just drove around town. <laughs> run away! And the only reason uh, Michael didn't join us for the last one is because it was a Ubisoft event. <laughs> also, working hours, but yes. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah. Uh, well, this so, one's this one starts early. It's it's nine a.m. Pacific to ten a.m. Pacific. So. Oh, I won't be awake then. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, anyway, let's move on to the community segment, which is always a segment in our community. Last week's question of the week was: Now that we didn't have it, do you think we need E3? Did you change your mind? Why or why not? Uh, Dan, you weren't here last week. I, I, I wasn't. Do you think we I still need at- E3? I was, you know, I have nostalgia for it because E3 was my first major uh, trade show back in 95. I was trying to go to CES and they canceled CES that year. So uh, I didn't, I didn't get there. So you went across Uh, the street and they had this thing called E3. No, no, no. uh, (laughs) CES was actually in Philadelphia. Oh, and I was like, yeah, so I was still in Trenton, New Jersey and I was going to jump on the SEPTA train. And go into the Philly, uh, nice. to, to go to CS East. And they, they were like, well, if everybody's doing this E3 thing, we'll just go there. So my employer wound up sending me to E3. So I have been to every single E3 show that's ever been put on, even if it was only for a day. I like, I was there. I got to say hi and see people and go. So I was actually like, this would have been like, uh, I actually thought that I was going to be there 
uh, helping demo something this year, which has always been a weird dream of mine. I've always wanted to be like, hi, this is the 85th time I've done this spiel. Here we go. Uh, so, and I had said, like, you know, no matter what happens, I'd still like to go. Like, if there's something that I can do, I want to go, or I want to just, you know, get a, a badge and go on my own dime or whatever. So everybody's like, oh, your streak's over. I'm like, the streak's not over. Like, it's just, like, there was nothing to show streak. didn't happen. Yeah, the streak yeah. can't, yeah, can't end the show didn't happen. I'm not like, oh, boy. But I gotta say, the last two years that I've gone, when it's been open to the public, uh... It's been kind of just like PAX loud, you know, yeah. like PAX without any of the soul, yeah. without any of like the the purpose of the like PAX is insane. But the thing that I get going to PAX is this feeling that everybody is there out of pure love. Yeah, right? yeah there's not a lot of trolls. Yeah. There's not yeah, a lot yeah. of like jerks. It's people that are just like, I am accepted here. Mm-hmm. And when I went to E3, what I saw were like, oh, yeah, we can sell shit to gamer dorks. And uh, my credit card got skimmed. So, oh fuck! Uh, yeah, like, and I'm like, that never would have fucking happened in the real E3. So I kind of, I don't know. I I feel like this is going to be the year where everybody goes. So wait, um, we as a publisher, we're already reaching out and doing our own events for the press for the pre E3 shit that always goes into the judges week. Yeah, right? I know, I know. So now we can just use those same things. And put them out direct over Twitch, and we don't have to lift a finger to do like three hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of booth shit. Uh, yeah, okay. Like, so I, I honestly, I won't be surprised if E three does not come back. I, I need to figure out how I feel about if E three comes back as a physical event. Is it even worth me going? Like, but I've been to everyone because I've always been very yeah. proud of that streak because that's always who I wanted to be. I wanted to be in the industry. And, yeah. you know, it's like you and Gersman and hmm. maybe Jeff Green or something at this yeah, point. Yeah, there's, there's, there's like a handful of lifers mm-hmm. and we have a secret handshake. I'm Andy not Eddie, to tell you Andy Eddie, yeah. I, I wanted Dan to say he's been, you've been to every E3 ever. Period. I have been to everything, even the fucking Hotlanta ones. Uh, wow. I saw the Foo Fighters play the Parappa theme in a, in a, <laughs> what? In a uh, parking garage. Oh my god. Sweet. Like they, they just, they were like, have you guys, pl-? they played the Sony party. Like, have you guys played this Parappa game? It's fucking great. And Dave starts just got like, you know, uh, Tyler, uh, Taylor Hawkins was just doing the drum beat and Dave just starts rapping, kick, punch, it's all in the mind. And I'm Hell like, yeah. Exploding. So yeah, there, punch. I have some very cool memories of E3, but yeah, I've been to every single one. And it makes me sad, but at the same time, it's not what it was. It's just not what it was. Hey, am I remembering correctly? Did you demo South Park Fractured But Whole for me once at an E3? I wound up demoing South Park at Gamescom. Okay. Uh, But I may have helped out with uh, South Park a little bit. Like, I wanted to be the main spiel guy. I, I seem to remember you doing it at an event in SF as well. Like, and that was sort of your I think Dan's the smell of vision guy and everyone needs the... I, I did fucking have to do the nauseous rift in in Germany, in Cologne. I, I remember that from PAX Prime. It just and walking I was, yeah, by... And, and I, I demoed it at PAX yeah. uh, where I was the nauseous rift guy. Wow. Yes. Uh, and I, and I I specifically said, please don't make me do this. It is making me feel like I want to throw up. It was gross. So combine that in a small booth room in 
the notoriously olfactory offensive uh, Gamescom as well. Just imagine people would be like, I smell no difference. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Can you turn it up? I don't get it. (laughs) You're Um, vegans and gamers. So, yeah, I just, like, I... When I was at Activision, I got to see, you know, like I got to sit in on some of the stuff and I would help people run demos ahead of time. I was one of the like trial runs for their E3 thing. Uh, but I never actually got to be the like, hi, welcome to the booth. Thanks for showing up. Here's the thing. Mm. And for whatever reason, that's something I've always wanted to do. So I can't, I would, I would be sad if that's not me. I did that, Dan. I loved it. Yeah. See, like you got to do it. You son of a bitch. I loved it. But, but like like debuting a thing you've worked two years on is right. awesome. It's like the payoff is that you finally get to show people your baby, right? So, um, you know, maybe one day I will get that opportunity. I'm working at, at the studio side now, and we have a couple of things in development, and that's cool. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, if E3 doesn't come back, it's probably going to be okay because it, it hasn't been E3 it's nice to give people something to do and to see, but the soul's just not there of mm. what E3 used to be. Mm. Which, again, maybe just elitist. Like, right? Maybe that's just me going like, I remember when, you know, like, kids weren't allowed in here and yes. you would have to get... You know, I had... Actually, I remember, like, I have half an hour to assess Killer Instinct on SNES to write a whole mm-hmm. article on it. Uh, and so they had to kick some 13-year-old off of it who wasn't supposed to be in the show in the first place. Right. Because it was for people like me who had to fucking write an article. Yep. You know? Yep. I remember when if you showed up in costume, it would have been assumed that you were working at a booth. Right. And then probably yeah. had, like, the buyer from Walmart showing up, they would have kicked your ass off of it. Because Absolutely. that's really what E3 was for. It was really about, <laughs> fuck it, everybody look busy, Toys R Us is coming. Yes. Yeah. And that was all, that was it. You just needed to make sure that you you did everything at Toys R Us. Toys R Us <laughs> had all the behind-the-scenes things, but yeah, they would kick media out like you were bums. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If somebody breezed in from Target. We didn't call him yeah. Toys R Us, by the way. It was TRU. That was TRU, the cool, sorry. The yeah. 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 Somebody yeah. ankle Burgess Meredith far more is here. Yeah. So honestly, <laughs> it's better for gamers that E3 doesn't exist because you get the same spiel uh, in real time in the comfort of your home over a stream. Mm. So I, I won't be surprised. Especially, I mean, even SDCC, that's what the cool kids called that right, too, yes, right? Yes, uh, Even like, you've got something as big as that and they're, they're figuring out a way to do it online we're doing uh, california extreme the annual arcade show yes. we're doing that online How? on august 1st uh well you're gonna find out we have some interesting things planned okay. but yeah we have like speakers and uh we're actually uh, the folks from zen studios the pinball effects uh crew mm-hmm. uh they are actually helping us put it on because uh, california extreme is a bunch of people where i said we should do this on twitch and they said what is twitch so you can imagine the level of, of oh, difficulty wow. that this poses oh, for us so Zen was like, look, we can help you guys out. And so they're taking care of everything. Wow, okay. Uh, but yeah, like, I, you're, we're finding ways that you can do it without having to be there. And yeah. E3 just feels like one of those things that doesn't have to be there. Mm. I might be stereotyping, but I picture the organizers that didn't know what Twitch was. They all look like Walter Day a little bit, maybe? Yes, they do. Okay. Yes, they do. <laughs> I, I, am, I am 49 years old. I am called the kid. Oh, boy. Mm. <laughs> Oh, that's I, rough. I, I want that on record. If they're like, well, Dan's the baby here. You know, these kids and their technology, Dan's the one that knows what, what do you call it? Twitter? 
Yeah, that's what I fucking call it. Um, so yeah. I, I've watched um, I've watched two arcade documentaries recently, and Walter Day will show up in a winter coat in like July and <laughs> hell yeah, and like yeah. throw it off and like here's my here's my referee jacket. He I was gonna say tired. you better have the referee shirt underneath that winter coat. Yeah, of course he does always. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course. How many of those does he have, or is it just the one? That should be the question. I assume of the week. he has like it's like Einstein's closet, yeah. right, where he doesn't yeah. have to choose what to wear every he's, day. He's truly the I, Steve I wish Jobs of the arcade scene. Walter Day to me was was the guy. He was like the unofficial G four mascot when the channel launched. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes, and, and the, the stills and the yeah. I didn't know who he was until they told me who he was. Like yeah. the internet wasn't talking about Walter Day. Yeah. yeah, I'm just remembering my weirdest E3 memory, which was I think I was taking a demo at Konami, and there was like a super loud stage show right next door, and like the, somebody was taking me like on a walk around the booth, and like go over to like oh here's our new PSP game, and this person's trying to to show it to me, and like he's demoing it, and it's like. There is no sound coming out of your mouth, man. Like, <laughs> I'm just trying to read your lips. And then, like, I try to say something to him and no sound comes out of my mouth. Like, I can feel a faint vibration as the air is leaving my mouth. But, like, yeah. there's no way anyone here can understand each other. That, it is so the, fucking loud. Was that the EA year of the, the the vibrating floor? They did that three years in a row, like, Jesus where the subwoofer Christ. was in the floor. Oh, yeah. Well, e- E3 tried. They horrific. put in noise ordinances and rules they and did. restrictions. Mm-hmm. Gamescom did not. And I remember in planning my Gamescom booth, we had to talk about like how loud a PA do we need to get in order to be heard over the booths next to us because it was just you knew you were competing with the other loud guys around yeah. you. Right. Yeah. It becomes just brinksmanship. Um, when I was in the press, I carried around a, a DB meter. This was before you had a phone that could just do it. Uh, but I, my degree is in audio, and of course, you have a decibel meter sometimes. So I went around and I went into the middle of everybody's booth, and I measured. You're the best. Uh, and this was like You're the best. You are Ray from the Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Jesus, damn. I really am. I, and thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. Uh, EA regularly lost that competition by being the loudest. I clocked them, I believe, at 110 decibels. Holy shit. Uh, acclaim was also 107, 110. But keep in mind, 110 is twice as loud as 107. Like yeah. the way that decibels it, it's work, it's like the is, earthquake scale, right? Is, I don't every know that. three dB is roughly twice as much sound pressure. Jesus. So, um, yeah, it it was ungodly. You could not talk to people. Presenters could not. They had lost their voice after one day of a three day industry show. Because of that. So we're not, I'm not missing that. And to be fair, if you didn't go to E3 last year, you missed one of the biggest and loudest booths after we had all that sort of like no more booth babes, you know, no more just models for models sake. I was the idiot that would actually go up to them and say, so how many levels are in this game? I didn't understand that they weren't with the dev team, you know, but uh, well, your cleavage says that you're representing the game. So I assume you know all about it. Um, this year we had uh, a live dancing stage from uh, the energy drink Bang, uh, where they basically <laughs> twerked for eight hours. Yeah, Bang that is the was, one where the CEO is is. Yeah. Oh, he's an interesting I guy. Do, I don't. I don't do Bang anymore. I was a Bang. I learned some stuff that made me go. 
I'll go. I'll go. Rockstar. I'll go. Rain. That that's bang, fun. sugar-free cotton candy tastes like stripper. Like that's how you would think yeah. a stripper would taste. <laughs> it tastes like stripper. Well, yeah. That, I mean, like it was just. It was ridiculous. I'm like, well, that's that's what this is. Here, here we are. So yeah, we're we lose E3. That's the new E3 because they're the people that are like, yeah, we'll throw money at this and and we'll give everybody free samples and people are just like, yeah, bro. So yeah, E3. Yeah. It's turning it's, it's into so, a, a bad PAX clone. In, in the in the South, like Warp Tour was the only thing we had that was the closest thing to E3. Mm. They would travel around with new PlayStation games. Yeah. And my, my E3 memory that I want to throw a friend of ours under the bus, like I was working on uh, DuckTales Remastered for a long Ooh. time. And they brought it a trailer, and it was nice. And it was fun. And it had a nice sing-along. And I remember, like, if you don't know how this works, like... um. I wanted to showcase Scrooge McDuck's idle animations because they were all references to something. Um, if he sits still, he'll twirl his cane and look and close his eyes and look up in the air. It's a cool idle animation. And I wanted to make sure we got it and make sure we were on, on the right build. And I had to ask all these people's permission. There are people around watching me and I'm trying to film it and like, and I want to get it super close up in a way that we couldn't do with the trailer. That's you guys know what I'm talking about. You, there are aspects to your trailer that you, a social media post is different and I got clearance on it and it took me like 20 minutes. And then, uh, that asshole Brett Elson had filmed me the entire time and posted the whole video of me <laughs> trying to close, do a close up on with my phone on the show floor of like, it made me look ridiculous, and it's why he's never allowed back on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's why. Uh, it's why he's the worst. Uh, all right. Well, answers from our listeners. Uh, Dane Morlock says, as someone who's never been to E3 in person, all I want is five to six stage shows filmed for my enjoyment. The blistering light, the butthole-clinching lows, I already kind of miss marking out over big surprise releases. Uh, from the official Laser Time Facebook community, Ivan Williams says, The industry needs it far more than the average gamer, and with digital distribution, we can easily experience what we want from any game displayed there, if the developers are at that point in development. Otherwise, we have YouTube and other streaming platforms to consume trailers and the like. Yeah, I, I don't know. Still disagree, Ivan, because that's what we're getting this summer, and it is... Just felt stretched out and a little Me too. Do you know how fucking anxious I am before I click it on a YouTube thing from here on out? Like, if if you give me a one event, like, it's the biggest event in all gaming. We're going to showcase, like, 10 games. Like, 30 games in, in three hours. Like, I'll do that. Rather than click anything anybody shares with me, shares with me on social media. It, it's, it's why, it, like, having a Super Bowl for games, that's what I'm going to miss. Yeah. Mm, yeah but, yeah. like, games are, games are... Games are part, part of why Gamergate was stupid because they thought all games were for them because everyone should be able to eat every part of this medium. And that's not really the way it is anymore. So like, and yet it kind of is weirdly like, remember how no, I was saying not. like with Last of Us 2, like this would be a niche horror work in any right. other genre but video games like it's considered a must play triple a like that everybody has to play this we gave e3 or ea shit every year like and ladies and gentlemen fifa and like we're all americans and like we don't care that much about fifa but like why wouldn't they launch with their most successful 
sports game into from a sports yeah. game company. Yeah. It makes all the sense in the universe and that alienates you, but like um when games were a smaller world where like I felt like I could play all of them, it was really neat to see that presentation. Um I trust Jeff Keeley will figure something out. Yeah. And <laughs> you know Dan Dan brought up something that I totally forgot with the E3 thing and I wish so one of the big missing pieces obviously were kind of best of show awards this year. I totally forgotten that like judges week was a thing and I almost wish there could have been I know people were locked at home but some sort of like I I want that measuring stick of like journalists midway through the year being like yeah these are the things we're most excited about for the holiday season coming up because we got our hands on them and played them like that was that's what's missing if if Ubisoft only controls their message at this press conference. And if Microsoft only controls their message and Sony only controls their message, et cetera, et cetera, no one is, you don't get the journal, you don't get hands on and like hands on preview impressions. And I, that right. did feel a little missing, you know, but I, I can also be the John C. McGinley to this office space and saying like, this costs us $200,000 every year for you to get a best of E3 award that the average consumer doesn't care about. Is this good for the company? <laughs> <laughs> What would you say you do here? Yeah. Uh, I, I get awards at trade shows. Ooh. <laughs> Oof. Can I read Chris Lickasitz? Lee, um, if, you, if you say Chris Lehosit. Lehosit? Is that how you say it? That's how he's told I'm going to call him Lickasit. Yeah. Do it. What's up, What's up Mr. Lickasit? <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, give me an E3, or at least something that I can, that can replace it. I used to take a week off to catch E3 news, press conferences, new game announcements, game demos. There's so much stuff in an E3 week that uh, made it super exciting. This year, it's so spread out and so hard to follow that I don't even know what to watch! The industry is scrambling to put stuff together during all this shit, and that can be commended. But now it's left in a state of confusion and uncertainty about these new consoles, and I've had enough of that in 2020. Sony and Microsoft are waiting for the other one to announce something, whereas with E3, you had a chosen place to meet and duke it out and bring the big guns, talk price, talk release dates. Now we're at the mercy of marketing roadmaps. E3 is neat. I wish Games Press would stop trying to convince us that it isn't. And I will say... It is neat. What I think, mm. as a member of the X Games press, it's not an arcade, yeah. and it's not a party. It's work, and that's why we don't like E3. If it sounds like we're like, it's no fun. It is neat. It is fun. It is fucking exhausting. It is. It is also a family reunion, yes. which can also be fa- uh, yeah. exhausting. There's some people that I only get to see during E3. Mm-hmm. But it's not that it's not neat, it's that it's not a vacation. And I think when you see, oh yeah, you know, it's like, uh, it's two giant convention center halls and everything is on free play and you're gonna get to play it three months before you're gonna be able to buy it. And it's, it's, you know, it looks like a giant arcade and it's just not a giant arcade. No. It's neat. And it's if, if you're, if you're a member of the games press, a lot of it is running between those two giant halls. So it's like, you're gonna be walking for ten minutes between appointments very quickly because you're already late. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, a yeah. lot of the reason a lot of game journalists man. hated it were, like you guys said, it, they were overworked because so many publications cut down their editorial staff to such a level that that yeah. basically no one was sending enough people to properly cover E3, and so correct. It, it was a very unenjoyable experience for a lot of games journalists because of you know what's happening in the media industry, and that's that's unfortunate. So conversely, conversely, what he's saying, like. I've been in those meetings too. Like, we don't even need these people. We can get our message out whenever we want. And like, no one cares if you announce your game the day before Thanksgiving. If you're a single A company, 
you'll never get noticed. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. everybody's the paying guys, attention. They need E3 for sure. Right. Or... Like everybody's paying attention now. Everything, everything has not equal weight, obviously, the things at the, at the big conferences, but like the idea that people like, I am waiting around to see what your game releases. Lord hopes I'm in the 16% that Facebook shows me your new trailer. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause without E3, it's, I, I guess I never thought of this before, Chris. You kind of bring up a great point. Wait, the games. So the reason EA's press conference is a huge fucking deal. And the reason Ubisoft is, and the reason Microsoft and Sony's is, is because of E3, because CNN showed up and there's new people coming in to see it. Right. If we don't get that, Yes, those conferences will be big, but basically we'll be eating our own ass with the same fans watching those, and it'll be a dwindling audience over time versus the, that the injection BBC's of coverage the has gotten better over the last couple of years. But I remember meeting the guy, and like I'm one guy. I cover the whole, I cover all video games for a year at BBC. Otherwise, the BBC wouldn't cover games. Yeah, yeah, and and, and that's not the case anymore. And but it's like. The idea that, like, you expect people to care about your shit all year long. No. That doesn't happen. And even if even if it did, like, Twitter and Facebook wouldn't let people see it. Yep. Uh, and then uh, we're going to go ahead and skip. We have one video response from Cody Laveau. Cody Laveau. Who says... Hey, gang, it's Cage Crippler, Cody Laveau. This is Lance. He's a giraffe. And, um, Hello, Lance. Yeah, it feels like in these... Uh, more modern times, especially in quarantine times, it does make a lot more sense um, to just do away with the whole idea of E3. Uh, as far as announcements go, I mean, it really just seems to make more sense to uh, put those out on the publisher's schedule rather than uh, during some arbitrary point during the summer. I mean, just let them do it when they need to do it and get us hype, and then we can kind of ride the hype train all year round and always have something to look forward to. Isn't that right, Lance? I think Lance agrees with me. What does he know? He's a anyway, giraffe. we're going to go for a walk. Come on, buddy. He's a smart giraffe. Come on, give him some credit. <laughs> He's not even Dr. the giraffe from The Last of Us, Dan. <laughs> anyway, guys, I'm going to take this giraffe for a walk. We'll see you next week. Love you, Michael, Chris, Matt, whoever else is there. Later. Dan. That's awesome. Thanks, Thanks Cody. <laughs> uh, I gotta say that's kind of weird on his video. Like the the barn looks like a blue screen or a green screen backdrop, but with a very real giraffe. He's socially distancing <laughs> with a giraffe. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It's living. God, I would have I would have a field day with that. <laughs> Inserting giraffes into things. <laughs> oh, I would just spread Flintstone down the giraffe's ever. neck every day. Just mm-hmm. hey, just gonna slide down the neck. You'd, you'd break it. <laughs> you'd I'd break the probably giraffe. Would. Probably would. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't do that. All right, new question of the week. With new consoles coming, which one is going to emerge as your media machine? Is that important to you, or do you get your non-game media elsewhere? Um, I'll say it's completely unimportant to me. I stream everything through my smart TV. Uh, so someone else who this is relevant Are to you take kidding? the question. Are you a thousand years old? <laughs> what are you talking about? It's it's the it smart, TV, the smart, smart TV interfaces are the worst. And no, I have, I have it's one fantastic. Roku TV in my house. I get I get seamless Netflix. I just on my TV. From what? What what kind of what kind of TV? It's a Samsung, 4K. Oh, they're the worst. 4K. The worst. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a 4K Samsung. I get HBO Samsung Max too. on that fucker too. I almost threw it away. They're like, we're no longer going to update your Crackle. I'm like, well, then business is over. <laughs> I've never no. used Crackle. Uh, no, no, but like, uh, yeah, it's for me, like the Xbox is. Xbox is invested in, in being the best media machine there is. Like all the apps, 
There's a couple apps I you know, wish more of, but like day one when something launches, it comes on Xbox. And it, it doesn't cost me extra, and I don't have to pay an Xbox Live fee. Do you remember when, like, when they announced streaming cable and PlayStation View came out? And like, we're PlayStation View. We're twice as much as everyone else. <laughs> and we're also blocking all of the content from, uh, from other app creators. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it's, it was bullshit. <laughs> I can't, I, my, uh, like, is my zipper down? I feel like Matt's laughing at me. No, I was, I was laughing at how bullshit that was. Like, we're twice as expensive as the other it's, stuff. It was bad. And like, uh, I, I don't remember the service I bought for Michael's wife on her birthday, the, the movie service. Right. Yeah. But like it, it wasn't on enough shit. Whereas everything day one, we made fun of Microsoft. Like I just show me the games, but like Microsoft made it a point to be like, we're also, we want to be your media machine yeah. to this day. Over the air antenna stuff comes on through the Xbox and I can save it on the DVR of my hard drive with through the external hard drive. Yeah. Uh, is anybody gonna do that again? It, it, I'm, I'm seriously asking, like, somebody needs to replace the Xbox One for me in terms of my media machine. Yeah. There is no VRV on PS4. There is not, uh, HBO Max was a week late. Uh, there's still, there might be a sling, but they, they blocked it for a long time. HBO Max was a, or sorry, HBO Now was a year late on PS4. Yeah. Year late. Took forever. And, and like, I, I, gamers scoff at that kind of shit, but like, everything else I've used other than a Roku device, which I think is stupid, because I don't want to buy a device that has apps that my consoles do. Dude, who's gonna step up? Yeah, I mean, up until this week, I would have said I was okay, because I do have, I have like a Roku stick and a Fire Stick, because it was like 20 bucks on sale holidays, but HBO Max does not have their app on either of those platforms and so like chris says if if it's going to be an xbox i think it's interesting to see what will happen because last generation one of the reasons microsoft came off worse than sony is that their focus was this this we are the one box you want in your living room Hmm. whereas sony was like i was was saying the 360 remember that like i was saying the 360 when we were at e3 2008 the biggest cheer was for Final Fantasy 13, granted. And then it was like, oh, we have a Netflix app and PS4 won't for a year. And, and everyone who had been streaming Netflix over the internet was like, this changes everything. We never thought this would be possible with Netflix. We thought it was a novelty that they were streaming 30 Rock over the, our desktops. Mm-hmm. It was the first app period. There were no smartphones. This generation, Sony really leaned into, hey, all we care about is games. We're the game platform. Microsoft can try the other stuff. And Microsoft mostly failed at a lot of that other stuff when it comes to... Switch doesn't have a Netflix app to this day. Oh, yeah, no, Switch, yeah, Switch. Nintendo's like, no, we don't need it. Nintendo doesn't want you to stream Biling movies on their platform. Come on. So if I were to take an average poll, how many HDMI inputs does your TV have? I would say three, I, maybe four. I bought mine specifically on the number of HDMI inputs. Right, it I had four HDMI inputs, and each one of those has a five-port switcher attached it, to it. It, it should it's be called Gamer Edition. I got a TV, a, a very expensive TV, incredibly cheap because the only upgrade was the processor that helped bad apps proliferate. And like, I have an Xbox. I don't need you. Yeah, I'll buy. Your last generation for 60% less. Mm. 
Well, you suckers stream through your television. I mean, it could also have been 60% less because it was an older model. Just the older the, the the chip was the only upgrade, and the chip mm. was to to facilitate apps. Mm. And um, yay, yay! <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, but like, I don't, I don't know what your situation is, but like, like the Xbox has become our media landscape. My girlfriend knows it. My house guest knows it. Um, and talking to Michael about something recently, what the fuck? Whoa! You could change the way. Um, my entire interface looks depending on which company decides to take a bigger head into this. And clearly it's going to be Xbox or no one. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's, I don't think it's going to be the system seller, but it's a nice value add that I know Microsoft will probably have a lot of that stuff and it can replace any of that, those devices connected to a TV for me. It's just like, yeah, my, the Xbox series X is going to have all that. I, I know what you mean by value add, but like, I have a house with a built-in entertainment center and a TV with a f- very limited amount of HDMI spaces. Like one of you will go, leave. Yes. Uh, if one of you doesn't take up this mantle, and I've heard nothing. Uh, I have an Xbox One S purely like right, just for as a Blu-ray player and now a Disney Plus streaming box. We don't <laughs> even play console games anymore. Cat right. Iron. Like hardcore into a PC thing. Hell yeah! We run everything nice, through nice. our our shitty Xfinity DVR, and well, you know, we'll watch Netflix on that. But I make sure as soon as we get, uh, you know, a, a new box, it's like, all right, let me load up all of the, you know the Amazon Prime and the Netflix mm-hmm. and you know everything that I can possibly do. Uh, but really, the main thing that we use our Xbox for is is streaming media now or watching movies because I still like to watch movies and i was like uh, on disc you know i still have like 4k discs and a 4k tv so i'm like yeah i'll do that um i if xbox makes another machine like we'll run this s into the ground because it's the pretty purple fortnite edition um that runs 4k blu-rays unlike any sony machine to this day right doesn't run 4k and they created the format and they created (laughs) the format uh my wife has a, a bias against Sony. There's something that she did that she didn't like, and also she's personal friends with Major Nelson, so I think that helps. But um, we're kind of an Xbox household. I used to work at OXM. You know, that helps too. Uh, so we're very comfortable with Xbox technology, and there's so much PC crossover that I'm like, well, of course, I'm using the same controllers yeah. and the same, you know, logins and all that stuff. Uh, so, yeah, we'll stay with Xbox with whatever Xbox brings out when we need a new media box, but it's going to have to be when we need a new media box. Like, we're not going to be there day one for this anymore. Yeah. As long as it's still doing, if they're going to keep putting out apps for the, for the, for the, the existing machines as more and more streaming services come and demand that I, oh, I can only get this one Star Trek crossover, you know, <laughs> thing, you know, whatever. Uh, like, that's what I wanted to get my mom for her birthday. The biggest next gen fan in the world. She has three streaming devices, a streaming television, and an Xfinity, and I wanted to just give her a reason to watch Picard. Right. It was impossible. It was fucking impossible. Well, because CBS All Access isn't on all devices? Or right. What? Yes, right. but it's on Xbox, but it's not on PlayStation. See, that's what pisses me right. off is the one place all of those are on is your iPhone, but it is, it's not the way Kurosawa wanted me to watch his movies on my fucking iPhone. Jesus Christ. <laughs> are, Certainly are not the sure? way Scorsese wants you to watch them. Where, where Roku is playing the same games that our cable providers did, where Microsoft silently has allowed every app on their platform without saying anything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. All of them. I- including when I, I know they're paying money. 
Well, that's what we found out with this HBO Max thing is I found out Roku and and apparently the Fire Stick, they're charging the media companies some kind of fee to be on, on – I thought they were just making money saying, hey, we're going to have all the apps and we're going to make hey, money on the plastic. We're selling I'm Amazon. Way. You're not allowed to have the worst app in the fucking universe on here unless you give us money. <laughs> I don't know. And Michael, was that your real answer to that short answer? You're just you're just a no. Yeah, it's not All it's right. a non issue for me. Right. But, but you won't replace what you have, but like I'm serious. Like I have limited shelf space, limited hmm. HDMI space. Like if this will define what I end up buying. Hmm. And it could wow. for other people. I'll buy the other one eventually, but like if you're gonna replace my other media machine? I mean, come on. I would be surprised if they are not very similar in what they offer in terms of streaming. Like, the PlayStation PS4 network fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. And it took them forever to get VRV and HBO and Sling. And I pay all those people monthly payments. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah. It, it was not their strategy. They did not prioritize media. Dude, the, that the, was the Xbox has a Cody app. That's piracy central. <laughs> I guess do we do we know enough about either consoles? No, uh, they haven't strategy? mentioned any of it. Right. But like last generation Microsoft led with like we'll have an out they have an outdoor antenna. Like I watch PBS through my Xbox. I have no mechanism to do that with. Wait, there's an uh, official through, outdoor antenna for an Xbox? There's a converter that goes in, in your HDMI player oh, shit. through the Yeah. It's awesome. It's been that way since 2014, since day one. You remember those conferences like, this is boring. I don't care about the NFL on my TV. Right. And maybe you don't, but I watch the Oscars through my Xbox. Always Do you guys have. remember there was those few brief, there was like a couple years there where the only way to get HD TV was over the air through an HD antenna. Right. And it was like, yes. it was like going back to the seventies. I was like, what the fuck? Wait, if you wait. haven't, if you haven't seen over the air HD, you haven't lived. It's way better than <laughs> streaming. It is. But it was like the only way to get HD signals before cable companies started doing it. I'm like, this is so weird and naughty feeling to me that I have to have this antenna that gets these versions of the (laughs) channel. To get more people on my side, listen up, jocks. You can't get your fucking (laughs) stupid football or baseball without an over-the-air input in your console. Who's going to do that? All right. Do it. Well, um, new consoles coming. <laughs> Which one do you want to use as your main streaming machine? Uh, is it important to you? Uh, do you get your non-game media elsewhere? Let us know. Go to videogameapocalypse.com and answer into the comments for episode 377. Alternately, you can hit us up at the official Laser Time community on Facebook or ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse and we will collect the best answers and read them next week. Anyway, that's been our show. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for bearing with us through this very long conversation. Uh, is there anything you would like to plug? If there's, I feel like I'm the bad luck charm. Every show I'm on with you guys, whether I'm, I'm actively part of it or not, like I didn't even talk about the, the sushi game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like I'm a bad luck charm for really long shows that kind I, of ramble. I think what it is is we're you, all just trying to impress you. You've been on two shows in a year, Dan. You don't, you don't have to impress me. We You're miss very you. impressive You're like enough. the cool big brother we're all trying to impress is what's going Am on. Am I really? Because I kind of feel like I'm the farty grandpa more no. and more. No, no. Definitely oh, the cool no. big brother thing. Also, that is an amazing microphone. Just gonna oh, say. Oh, uh, 
thank you. That's very, the snowball, uh, right? Chrome. But it's the chrome it's the, yeah, snowball? Yeah, it's a chrome snowball. Oh, yeah. nice. I just got the regular um, snowball. That uh, Yeah, uh, this was a gift from a friend, and I was like, that's the coolest snowball I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like I, it's like I'm speaking into the phantasm ball every time yes, that I podcast. It, it, well, it looks a little bit like, what's that, God, the, the chrome stormtrooper woman? Captain Phasma. Captain Phasma. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like you're talking to Captain Phasma. Yeah. The entire show. Uh I have so many things that I could plug. I wrote a book about uh, how to review video games for a living, which, of course, uh, I no longer do. Uh, and, Critical. of course, if you, you may be familiar with my uh, band, Palette Swap Ninja. What's the book, uh, Dan? Critical hit? Or, or critical crit- role? Uh, yeah, critical role. Uh, uh, critical path. Critical path. Critical, critical path. Thanks for all reading it and having a copy right there in front of you, you I have fuckers. the digital. I have the... I it's have in the, the other room. room. <laughs> I have the Kindle edition. I, I don't know what it's called. I actually do have the Kindle edition of that book. There's two yeah, books. It's, it's read by Jim Broadbent from Peach Dragon. Mm-hmm. There's two, there's, there's two <laughs> books called Critical Path, and I did the one that's not by Buckminster Fuller. Okay. Okay. Hmm. okay. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, Palette Swap Ninja, we did, uh, we still do funny video game songs every once in a while. Um, Jude has actually pitched me on, uh, a new video game parody song that I am thinking, uh, I, we should probably do. Uh, but we are probably now, uh, best known, if we are known at all, for the, uh, album length parody of Sgt. Pepper. Uh, that retells the story of Star Wars. Mark Hamill is a fan, so you should be too. It's free at PalletSwapNinja.com. But the thing that I am currently Princess Leia's stolen off- Death Star plans. Just want to throw that's, the title out. That's there. correct. Oh, sorry. I, I, yeah, I just I didn't I didn't bother to say the name. That's dumb. <laughs> um, but the thing I'm working on right now is I went solo. Um, of course, I went solo and I took Jude with me because Jude's been helping me. Uh, record a whole bunch of stuff and do parts on it. But I had this dumb idea that, you know, like I wanted to create my own sort of comic book universe and write songs about that comic book universe. So I have original characters and original stories and every song that I'm doing is like a little vignette for this character. And it all falls under the banner of a city called Hero Falls. Uh, and so HeroFalls.com has some of the information. I'm intentionally still leaving big chunks of the story out. I'm kind of hoping that people will check it out and go, wait, does this guy have a relationship to that girl? And yes, they do. Very good, because I have it all planned. Uh, I have one more song that's almost done. I My Mac just died. I had to pay to get it repaired. Uh, but honestly, during COVID, I have not been very inspired to work on any of this crap. Uh, my rhythms are different. Uh, and I have, uh, like one more song that's close enough to being done that I should probably finish it. Uh, and I have a guest vocalist on that and it's a really sick song. It's like a really upbeat major tempo song about something terrible, really terrible by a terrible person. Uh, so, uh, yeah, look for a new Hero Falls song in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I also need to get Jude's help, uh, on some of that one as well. But now that I'm, I'm back. I, I will guilt myself into finishing that track and then see what happens after that. But, uh, yeah. Herofalls.com. All the shit is free. It's on Bandcamp. You can download it. I don't care. If you want to give me money, that's great, but I, I don't expect it. I'm just doing it because I want to tell these stories. Yeah, man. Cool. Yeah, it's a little episodic series you can enjoy in like three minute chunks. Um, yeah, basically. Yeah. It's on it. Spotify too, so, uh, just go there. Speaking of upbeat songs about the end of the universe. Oh, yeah. Michael Rapara has did an amazing thing this week. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Laser time this week is 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 straight from the brain of Michael. Um, 
Rippy Raparez mm. uh, about upbeat songs about the end of the universe. <laughs> Had no idea there were so many. It was a very cute thing to joke about until we were all in the brain. And there, there were a bunch that I missed, and I, I squeezed in some of them as uh, as break music. So see if you can yeah. recognize them. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, I think I just want to plug Hero Falls. I like Hero Falls nice. a lot. Oh, that's very kind of you. Uh, but patreon.com slash laser time. But that's it. Yes. Uh, you know, Dan forgot to also plug. He's on Twitch at, uh, at Dan Amrick, which you might see if you're over on my channel because I auto host his channel whenever he's oh, live thank you. because I'm on Twitch, bitch. Um, so that's at <laughs> Maddie C. <laughs> Maddie C. Allen on, on Twitch, just like on the Twitter. Uh, so earlier this week, and again, the, the, the archive will be up there. I did live reacts to the Microsoft. They're calling it the Xbox Game Showcase. I think Chris might join if he doesn't get into a fight with his girlfriend. We'll see. <laughs> she, I had nowhere to nowhere to go but run away from my home. Like I can't I can't go to a bar. <laughs> anyway, so Chris might be there or not. Uh, TL Foster will be there with with doing that with me. So so head on over Yay. to Twitch. I'm at Maddie C Allen. Um, and yeah, we, I did some live reacts there. I also stream games uh, at least every Tuesday. I've been streaming, and then I can just kind of stream when it when when it hits me. I. I I recently streamed and finished Ori and Will of the Wisps, uh, which was a fucking amazing game. Um, so yeah, check me out there. Uh, and then of course, patreon.com slash laser time. All right. Well, as always, you can visit us online at vigigameapocalypse.com or on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. Follow us. Why don't you? And, uh, you can follow me personally at Wikiparas. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. God damn it, I lost the sound again. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Quick, Dan, do your Eddie Deason impersonation. <laughs> you guys are so stupid. <laughs> How would you ever know if I'm having an orgasm? <laughs> <laughs>